0: It's the Boy Hottie podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. We're broadcasting here on Saturday, February 1st, A.K.A. National Annie Day Eve. Woo! Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to thir- turn 30 years old.
1: Congratulations,
0: Congratulations on too. being old.
1: That's right. I'm pretty excited. Nobody about. will want to have sex with you now. That's not your uh, whoever it is that you're married to. Whew. You're locked I'm fine into. With that. You will never to be fair, be in...
0: dude. There are a lot of people knocking down that door to begin with.
1: You can no longer be uh, you no longer allowed into Chuck E. Cheese?
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: There's all this shit that happens when you turn thirty that they, they don't tell you about when you like cross that threshold into night, it's like, oh man, I just wasted the better part of my life. To the be terribly part honest with life. you,
0: I am barely I'm I'm excited about my birthday, but more than anything else, I am excited about um, the fact that I have a week off vacation. I didn't realize you were taking a whole week off. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on, but my wife has something planned. And For the whole week? Yeah. Well, I don't know. She—it's a surprise. That's not voted. So she, she, who knows? Uh, but she, uh, she just told me to take a certain amount of time off at the very least, and if possible, the whole week. So. I don't know what's going on, but I do—at the very least, I'm just excited to not be at work mm. for a while. She's and, hired uh, Gemma
1: Arterton to just crash out on your couch for the next week.
0: That has actually been—so we've had three, three things that we've discussed at length what they are. The most recent evolution is that it's a ball pit full of puppies. Um, it's a ball pit full of Tom Hardy's balls Hey, no, well that's the thing The first evolution of this joke was that She was renting Tom Hardy for me And eventually this joke evolved to the point Where um, the contract Stipulated that we could have sex But I couldn't keep his seed so that was <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to spit it out Or, or squat over a bowl Foley, uh, However, Foley promised that she would Capture some seed in a little vial For me to wear on my neck in, in,
1: in lieu of paying taxes this year She spent all that money to hire Tom Hardy to make a plaster mold of his penis for you. That you can just like mount on a wall somewhere.
0: And then the joke evolved to it's Tom Hardy and Gemma uh, Gemma, uh, Gemma Mm Arterton. See, because she told me so if I'm good today, i.e. if I do some laundry and clean the house... And don't get drunk before noon. (laughs) Well, we didn't discuss that. Uh, (laughs) Then I get get present one. Apparently there are two presents involved. If I'm good today, I get present one today. Um, and I get present two later in the week. So the joke evolved to the point where present one is Gemma Artiton. It was really hard to get their schedules to line up. Yeah. So Gemma Artiton will be coming tonight, and then Tom Hardy will be arriving on Thursday.
1: You are allowed so. to adjust her juices, however. That's
0: fine. Did, nowhere in this contract did it say anything about her seeds. So we're fine. We're fine. So anyway, yeah. I would imagine she's too nice to produce any juices. She's just like... You have not read enough Jim Arlington interviews, my
1: friend. Why, oh, is she pretty, uh, body?
0: I love her because she's, well, she's, she's, like, from middle, like, lower class, um, London. So she's kind of a, she's kind of a thug. What do why I like her. Does she have, like, a lower class accent and everything? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. she's, so she's not like, hey, Mary Poppins. No, that's why it was. Uh, that's why she was so surprised when she was cast in *Prince of Persia* because she was like, "I'm not fucking posh. What the hell?" Well, she's also not Persian. Well, true. Well, t- there's a long history. There's some of- more problems in that situation. There's yeah. a long. It's his- not a documentary. There's a long history of Ferners just being British, dude. That's like, I, know, I know, I know, I know. That's that's some pretty easy Hollywood. Short and the man day. who would be king aren't Michael
1: Caine and Sean Connery? Aren't they supposed to be like uh, Nigerian or something like that? And they just said, "Ah, fuck
0: it." Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, if you were to remake Modern Day Man Who Would Be King, they absolutely would be Nigerian scammers. That's pretty accurate. I, they have to, like, there are a bunch. There are a couple fat guys just sitting in a cubicle who, of <laughs> course, wanted it.
1: It's, 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 it's Jack Black and yeah. fucking Paul Rudd. Yeah. As, yeah. There okay. we go. As Nigerian scammers? The, the, I don't know. The man who would be King.com.
0: <laughs> Wait, doesn't King.com, wasn't that in the news? Are those the guys who make... Oh, isn't the like, Candy angry... Saga people who were suing everybody who said sagas? So, we, okay,
1: okay, we have to write this down on a piece of paper mail it to ourselves. We are now copywriting the uh, article titled, The Man Who Would Be King.com. <laughs> if anyone does, uh, like, a profile about the guy who founded King.com, they have to pay us five cent royalties for every uh, click that. So,
0: that I don't understand why we're not talking about my birthday right now, Bill. Just... Yeah, so, what's going on for your birthday? Uh, I'm going to have breakfast with my cute wife and my dear friend Amy, tomorrow morning. you love your birthday so much.
1: Nine months ago, did you send your parents a card saying thank you for fucking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're your birthday this month, this is just the end result of another process that was happening. So, wait, so when does this, so this means your parents
0: were voting in. No, Phil, I no, so I'm gonna go have <laughs> breakfast tomorrow. At my favorite breakfast place. And while uh, oh, you're going to Zell's, uh, no, that's Foley's breakfast place. My What's favorite,
1: your breakfast place?
0: My breakfast place is the Delta Cafe. Oh, okay. And uh, with our Q waitress. Um, if you're oh, I see this she, podcast, me, That waitress, might be your
1: first present. So you're gonna go out to dinner for breakfast.
0: Tonight. We made that joke too. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, <laughs> yes, I love that.
1: You guys have your conversations evolve like. Who we going (laughs) to (laughs) fuck? If we Uh, fuck anyone, who we going to fuck?
0: We're going to go to breakfast, and then we got to go get fixins for my birthday soiree.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, then we're going to have my birthday soiree. As Bill is making fun of me, my birthday soiree starts and ends during the duration of the Super Bowl. Yeah. It starts at
1: 3.30 uh, uh, Pacific time, the exact same moment with the Super Bowl starts, and goes on for about three, three and a half hours, which is going to be pretty much the length of the Super Bowl.
0: Uh, actually, and... Bill, my party starts at three, so I have 30 minutes to party. I thought it was 3.30. Super... No. Oh, Can you me... read that invitation,
1: motherfucker? Uh, yeah. I got drunk and threw it away. I crumbled it. it up. I actually printed it up just so I could
0: uh, crumble it up and toss it out. That's good of you. That's good of you. So, anyway, yeah, we're gonna go, we gotta go get some fixings for snacks and whatnot. And then, Bill was kind enough for Christmas, got me a gift certificate for the Academy Theater Woo! in Portland. And so we're gonna go do a screening of Butch Cassidy, so there's kids. It's gonna be. How many people did you invite to that? Because I know it's a 65-seat theater. Um, I invited pretty much every human that I know. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't. Not many people RSVP'd though, so I don't know if people are just gonna show up and then bother RSVP or whatever. I can but... see people trying to, especially with Super Bowl stuff, and who
1: knows, maybe some yeah. people just show up for the party, and not go to the theater. Or who, yeah, who the? But well, yeah, it's... you have to cover. There's a two hundred dollar a uh, snack fee that you have to cover in yeah. order to, uh, yeah, t- uh, to justify you renting out this theater. Well, I paid for the basic theater rental, but, in, but, but because uh, they charge extra for a weekend theater rentals
0: well you and specifically to... premium time like if i had done if i don't sunday it night be... shouldn't count though if this were friday or saturday i could see that but if i do if i did it at friday or like sunday at nine o'clock in the morning there would have been no additional charge but yeah, uh... but the fact
1: that you're doing it on a weekend evening yeah yeah
0: yeah. So, so yeah, you,
1: well, you have to scrape up a minimum of, what, $200 worth of concession sales?
0: Yeah, well, I will say, I, just me consuming a pint and, uh, uh, let's be honest, a pitcher and two slices of pizza. Well, technically, and... yeah, if you have ten people there, yeah. even if
1: ten people could, if you really want to just go fucking crazy, you, you could rack up $200 in three.
0: No, I'm, I'm not concerned about it. Yeah. Mostly, I'm just really excited about all the offerings I will receive tomorrow. It's going to be pretty good. I, uh, really like presents, you
1: guys. <laughs> you know what? If I hadn't already gotten you that gift certificate, I would have just also gotten you a copy of Fire Emblem on top of that, so... <laughs> I don't know what no, to Bill, do now.
0: You officially are off the hook, my friend. You oh, okay, did, okay, you did still. your thing. But who um, can draw me a picture sometime, boo? Well, I was going to get you a card. I'm like, I don't know what I could do for you for a card
1: other than just kind of doing a Robin Hood thing. But, I, like, you might get a surprise belated, like, specific Annie Baloney birthday gift in the middle of the year. You might, uh, This might be uh, – opens up a slot for me to suddenly surprise you, like, in September with a random, like – here's something totally awesome that I should have given you as, a, as, as something on your actual birthday, but I couldn't find it until now.
0: So. My mom was so cute. My mom called me and she goes, so you're turning 30 and I love you so much. and I'm so proud of you. And I wanted to come up with something really special because you're so special. And I was going to come up with something that was just like perfect and like emotional and that reflected our relationship and the journey you've gone on. And it was just going to be perfect. It was going to be the best thing.
1: Here's but a bag I couldn't
0: of think of no. But I couldn't think of anything. So what do you want? What <laughs> <laughs> Especially for like big
1: landmark birthdays like this, you want to find something that's not just like, oh hey, here's. I, I don't know, rubber bands I found at Home Depot. Like You want to do something that's special, but that it's really easy to corner yourself into not finding the right gift, and then you don't know what the hell to give somebody.
0: People overthink it. That's the that's trap that my wife would fall in over and over again is that she'd be like, I have to get the best present, I have to get the best present, ah, and freak out. Whereas now, she's totally figured out this whole prison thing. She really is into surprises. Stuff well,
1: She's now. had plenty of practice now, too.
0: Yeah, she's had like, yeah six years of practice. So, maybe Man, this, this Christmas, she beat my ass at Christmas this year. Did a really good job. And this birthday, she has been, like, turning the screws and, like, teasing me tormenting me. And it's actually been great because I know some of my, co- my friends at work know. And uh, I've... Like, someone has mentioned, like, oh, your birthday's coming up. Because I'm an asshole. I talk about my birthday all the time. And um, uh, they're like, oh, you don't know Ed Folly's got you yet? I just look at them like, do you? And everyone, rather than saying, yeah, it's pretty good. Or, oh, you're going to like it. Every single last one. Poker face. I can't tell you if I know anything or not. <laughs> like, you motherfuckers. Four people have done that to me now. Just fucking poker face. Just like... <clears throat> Wait, how many people do you did did you invite to your house tomorrow? Uh, Pretty much everybody. I mean, like almost everyone I know. Um, oh, okay. Probably about seventy five people in total. Wow, that's gonna be a big house party. Well, I don't. A, we never had an open house when we moved. Yeah. And um, so it's kind of, in my eyes, it's kind of doubling up for that purpose. B, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and I fully expect. That's true. Um, you
1: don't know who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know who's gonna show up.
0: And see, I sent that email like at. I, I got really anxious sending it. I don't know. I just felt really Why? shitty. I hate throwing parties. I used to love throwing parties. Despite loving parties, you just really hate like. I don't yeah. like. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind someone else throwing a party. I don't know. For just you like, Yeah. I would appreciate or, that. I wouldn't even mind having the party, but there's just something really presumptuous to me about like saying, hey, come to my party. Yeah, it's, it's a celebration so, of me, which is funny because you love birthdays and you love birthday gifts,
1: but it's not a celebration of Annie. You just like stuff. <laughs> it's not like... it's no, not it's like, a celebration of me, but No, it's a celebration of you, but at the, I know I can appreciate that where you don't want to be like, hey, motherfuckers, suck my dick. But still, you love hanging out with people and you also you love getting stuff. <laughs> yeah. But that's not quite the same thing as, hey, come worship me or make this I- like, I yeah, felt
0: really it's... anxious about it, so I sent, that, I sent my invitation at, like, 1.30 in the morning on a I Friday So It was, like, really, like, hey, guys. I mean,
1: the, the invite itself was pretty ostentatious, but the time when—and the method of which you sent it was very much, like, like shoved quietly under the door. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, it was an excellent chance that half the people I invited— like just didn't notice it or whatever. So
1: yeah, because you never really reiterate. You never sent follow up emails or anything about that.
0: No, so. because it was pulling teeth to send the one. <laughs> it was terrible. I was really trying to get Foley to do it, and I was like, I'll even make the card and I'll set up the RSVP. Just hit the that send I button. I just need you to send it because I don't. Order. So You're anyway, an human being. Anyway, I'm a complicated beast. And it's so, anyway. is that what you did this week?
1: Just just burning off birthday energy,
0: just vibrating. Well, what's funny is that I haven't been excited about I I for all of my shit. Uh, believe it or not, this year, for whatever reason, I haven't been excited about my birthday. This this last year has been a humdinger, and really knocked me on my ass. In the last couple of weeks. Really knocked me on my ass. So I wasn't really excited about my birthday. Like, mm-hmm. like I was trying to make myself excited by talking about it. And I was like, fool, you really have to, like, torment me about my presence. Because I'm really, I was trying to get excited. And I just couldn't. I was just, I felt so low that even that couldn't buoy me up. Until yesterday. Yesterday around... Like, 1230 or something, my wife tweeted. She's like, oh, his presence is so close. Aww. And I suddenly, all at once, got so excited, I started crying. <laughs> right now, I'm at a low. Right now, I'm like, oh. Well now, you, well, now you
1: have to expend all the energy to get ready for tomorrow. You have to clean up and go and make.
0: My what are the snacks for tomorrow? I don't know. We haven't gone shopping yet. We'll find out.
1: Tomorrow. Okay, well, I don't know if you're going to, like, make a big meal or just wait, like, everyone will kind of feed themselves like, at the movie theater. Yeah, but...
0: I need people to spend $200 at the goddamn movie theater. You're going to give me sausages? Real food. Like, I don't know what, like, the Actually, idea of, like, your no. of party
1: food is. Because c- well, well, that's you're... a whole thing in itself. I love the i of trying to figure out what the, like, what the party menu is going to be, even this, if it's just snacks.
0: That's the tricky part because I, in a way, I am kind of burnt out on snack food. Just because yesterday at work, um, we had a Super Bowl Super Bowl tailgating party. Yeah. And uh, people brought, my coworker brought elk brats that, and from an elk that he had hunted. Oh God, were they any good? They were super good. Uh, I bought Foley's famous Little Smokies. Okay. And uh, my- Yeah, coworker, I was at the store yesterday
1: just because of Super Bowl weekend. I was like, I almost feel contractually obligated to buy Little Smokies just because it's, yeah. that's just like a little football thing, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, like, we had someone made guac, and someone made, like, t- Velveeta cheese dip, and, like... That's the like, other
1: thing I associate with football, because back in Pittsburgh, we'd always make yeah. Velveeta cheese dip.
0: Yeah. So And we had pie and cookies and and snack bars and, and, of course, a few vegetables or whatever. And someone made lentil soup and, like, all this stuff. So tomorrow it's going to be mostly steamed broccoli. I, exactly. I ate so much garbage food yesterday that i was like i actually made myself a little sick i had to go sit yeah. at my desk and like fan myself a little bit and then we had a really uh we had a organizational project where i was up and down a ladder and like leaning over like like straddling like fucking giant bookshelf things filled with garbage and yeah. and so, so like between eating for 30 minutes all this Carb heavy garbage food and then working for an hour and a half, uh, like really hard physical labor. Oh, that's terrible. You shouldn't be following up party food with work. It was a bad idea. Physical labor,
1: no, because that's like, oh no. It was
0: the last day I worked before my my week vacation. You don't tailgate a lunch. I, so There's I a reason at, why that shit's on the weekends. We finished we finished all the stuff and I thought of all the things I should probably do and I just looked at my boss and I said, okay, I know I'm going to be gone for a week and I should tie up all these loose ends, but here are the two things that I really have to do. She just looked at me and she said, do those things and go home. Yes, <laughs> so it was
1: all good. So anyway, so my suggestions for the menu tomorrow, uh, cold Vienna sausages out of the can. That jelly's some pretty good shit. Mm. Uh, Jello without any utensils. You have to use your hands. Nope. And everything else, we'll just get as many packages. Uh, scour all of Portland to get as many packages of those new special edition Oreos as you can. The uh, Rice Krispies Crunch. And what? Don't you hear about this? No. Wait, let me see. Like, wait. Like, uh, this weekend, they're coming out with special edition Oreos. Like, uh, like new special edition Oreos. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I know they have their, like birthday cake and stuff. Uh, oh, that's right. They had candy corn Oreos for Halloween. Wait, hold on. That's disgusting sounding, by the way. Annie, uh, entertain the podcast. Uh, hey, everybody. I took Oh, this... cookie dough Oreos and marshmallow crispy Oreos. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Uh, 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 Rice crispy treat Oreos and cookie dough uh, Oreos. Mm-hmm. So, but I get those, even if they're terrible, blow people's minds with the fact that you're able to find these like these sacred tre- treasures that are almost impossible to find this weekend.
0: Yes, no, that's exactly what say, I'm going to do it. on Everyone... my birthday. I'm going to go to all the grocery stores in town to find, try and find Oreos. That sounds like something. Did going you know down. there's like like a Keebler, like, uh, no, is, there's a Hostess manufacturing plant here in
1: town. No, I didn't. Have them cater the birthday party. <laughs> Swingies are back. That'll make anyway, everyone happy. Hey, Bill, what were you up to this week? Uh, masturbating. Yeah, other than wanking, what were you up to this week? Well, you and I, we turned in a whole bunch of uh, uh, saucy pictures yesterday. That was kind of the highlight of my week. <laughs> well, no, I like no. how you, everything that I shared with you, you had already seen already, and long since <laughs> masturbated, to. And everything you showed to me was like, here, did you see this picture of,
0: like, uh Rachel, why rolling around naked on a couch? Mur, 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 mur. i am like, just said, dude, Tumblr, if you fall track have some see, Tumblr I don't, yeah, tags, you see it
1: all, babe. My porn collection is is pretty much pretty milk toast compared to yours at this point, I think. Yeah, I'm not much for it's, Tumblr or anything like that.
0: No, I don't you every time you apply that I have these vat like these terabytes of wank bank. No, because every time what, I try to show you something, you're like yeah, saw that, already did that, but here's this 10 times better picture. Because I use Tumblr tags. My wife and I follow on Tumblr Rachel Weiss and Tom Hardy. Here's Artie. This, I'll,
1: I'll show you a picture of uh, uh, Rachel Weiss from five years ago, and you'll be like, man, you don't. Bill, what the fuck? <laughs> and then you're like, here is a high quality animated GIF of Rachel Weiss's shaved vagina just throbbing gently. So Bill,
0: Bill showed me a picture from my favorite Rachel Weiss photo shoot. Uh, yeah. And I was like, "Well, you see the video for the photo shoot, right?" And I sent it to him, and I blew his little mind. Yeah, I just so. randomly
1: while we were ch- uh, 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 sending emails back and forth, I just googled like Rachel Weiss and found. It. I was like, "Oh, that's a
0: nice picture." And then he was like, "Yeah, fuck that shit." <laughs> uh, anyway, so other than masturbating, Bill, what were you up to this week? Um, man, did I show you the
1: animated gif of the girl from Lost? It was who was also in uh, Malcolm in the Middle.
0: Yes, you did.
1: Well, she's like in a horror movie, she's got like like a tattooed, uh, 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 what is it, what's the fancy word for a pubic area? Uh, Bill. Pubic area. It's horrifying. Why would you get tattoos down there? It's scary. Especially Bill, if you're the girl from Lost. What else did you do this week, Bill? Uh, I talked about uh, animated gift starring uh, girls from Elk in the Middle Ages. Bill, what else did you do this <laughs> week, Bill?
0: I watched RoboCop. Oh yeah? How a Robo- RoboCop treat you? Have you seen RoboCop? I've
1: seen RoboCop once. Oh man, you should see RoboCop again. Next time I see you, I can lend like, you the RoboCop Blu-ray that just came out last week. It was weird. So I guess they put out RoboCop on Blu-ray to, like as part of like a marketing thing because the new RoboCop movie is coming out soon. Yeah. The, the crummy remake. And uh, yeah, no, the Blu-ray, the new Blu-ray is like six bucks on Amazon. It's super cheap. Oh seriously. Like brand yeah. new. That that's a, that's the actual price. Mm. And so that showed up and it was pretty cool. It's just uh, the make the, the, the special features and stuff aren't very interesting. I thought there was going to be more stuff about like wh- how, like how RoboCop like how they came up with the story because robocop is so weird it's like it's like this weird comic book movie but it's not based on off of a comic book it's kind of like the american judge dread and it's got this really kooky sense of humor i thought there would be more stuff just about the genesis of the story and like the tone of the movie and no most of the special features there, there's commentary from the director and stuff but it's also yeah. like oh this is this is the part we feel with robocop he had to sit down so he's not wearing pants in this scene because you can't sit down in robocop pants which is kind of cute but it's not like informative and like most of the special features are just just talking to the guys who played the bad guys just saying yeah i played a bad guy in that movie Wow, yeah. People still come up to me and say, you were in RoboCop.
0: That's one of the shirt though. I'm wearing? But I tucked just... in my shirt for this thing. Yeah, what? When... You've
1: seen um That 70s Show, right? <laughs> yes. And so the main bad guy in RoboCop is the dad from That 70s Show. Oh, really? Yeah. So and it's funny because, oh, like... Yeah, you... I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you, like, watch RoboCop after having grown up, like, watching That 70s Show, you're going to be like...
0: What the fuck is going on in this movie? See, that's how I felt watching Die Hard after having watched uh Die Hard Two after I think I can't remember which Die Hard yeah. after having watched Wonderfall. Oh my god, I can't remember which Dad... Die Hard. The dad from Wonderfalls is a villain in one of the diehards. And, like, oh, the yeah, first thing also- you see him is him, like, crunching naked in his room or whatever.
1: Yeah, William he Sanderson. He's Anderson, he, well, he's from Texas, and he's been a whole bunch of stuff. He played Death in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, did uh, he? he did, have you ever seen the uh, Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. He's in that, too. Hey, he's just been a whole bunch of stuff. But, yeah, if, if your only reference, was that the first time you ever saw that actor was in Wonderfalls? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Just because, well, I think he was a big character actor in the '80s and early '90s, so it makes sense yeah. that, like, if, if if you were growing up then, but you weren't watching those movies, yeah, you would not have seen him that much. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, Dad from Wonderfalls is awesome. Dad from uh, that '70s show is awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, RoboCop and HD is fucking hilarious.
0: I'm glad you had a good
1: time. obviously uh, 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 The other thing I was kind of bummed because uh, RoboCop when it first came out, it was one of the first big action <laughs> movies that got an X rating. Its original cut cause it was so. Oh, Really? gruesome oh yeah because it's yeah. one of those movies back when they were doing like when people get shot they'd, like they have the crazy heavy
0: squibs where clothes are getting blown off and blown to pieces. also there's the scene in the police locker room where it's a it's a co-ed locker room and everybody's naked which I never noticed until watching it in
1: HD I realized there's a couple uh female uh naked female cops running around and, and yeah but like no one's it's 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 wholly played off as it's there's no attention called to it, and actually in the commentary, Paul, Verho- uh, Paul Verhoeven points out the fact that like no one really picked up on the fact that there's women police officers naked running around, in the in in the uh, uh, in the locker room. So he went out of his way to make a bigger deal out of that when he made Starship Troopers about yeah. how that's co-ed.
0: which uh, I really do
1: like. I really like that. Yeah, which that's that, that, that's really especially for a movie made like 30 years ago. That's pretty proactive. I mean yeah. that's yeah.
0: It's because the '80s were a weirdly liberated time for movies. Kind you can have characters way. just be black or women and not have it be a big deal. Well, even *RoboCop*. The fact that
1: like *RoboCop*'s partner is a character named Lewis, and there she's female, but there's nothing about her being female that's like plot sensitive or anything like that. Yeah. There's one kind of thing where she catches a guy, a bad guy. He's pissing, and he turns around and he doesn't stick his dick in his pants and he kind of's like, "Oh, would you like some of this?" and she kind of he just d- distracts her and she kind of looks at the penis and it, she gets fucked up. But like there's nothing about her being female that's like specific like yeah, that, the role could have easily been a guy. And I'm sure if that character still exists in the new Robo- RoboCop remake, I'm sure that's probably going to be a guy just yeah. because I don't know, it's just yeah.
0: it was a strange special time. But yeah, that okay, role dude. was like I'm sorry to say this, I am so stuffed up I have to go blow my nose So give me just a second dude. I apologize Well this is going
1: to be the part where Bill educates people on Robocop blowing your nose
0: Are you just going to go get a
1: tissue? So, folks at home (laughs) uh, This is the part where I tell you So, okay, so what I was upset about the Robocop Blu-ray Was, okay, so when Robocop first came out It was uh, rated X Well, not when it came out, but when it first got submitted to the mpaa or whatever uh because it was a lot more violent super violent because especially the scene where uh the guy who ends up being turned into robocop murphy when he gets executed by the bad guys led by that dude from that 70s show um they had created like a special puppet that like was designed so it looks like uh peter weller like being all agony and all shot up and gets brain's blown out. It was supposed to be a really graphic scene of the back of his head getting shot off and his brain's going everywhere. And I was hoping there would be more of uh, that del- that stuff on the Blu-ray, at least as deleted scenes, and you don't see it. I kind of wonder if maybe... I don't, is there an unrated cut of Robocop? Like an official unrated cu- cut like floating around in the torrents or something like that? Because that would be fantastic to see. Um, just as part of... like Even if you're not into the violence or anything like that, but that would just for, for <laughs> film history kind of perspective it would be interesting to see what that stuff looks like. But, yeah. yeah, all that violent stuff in RoboCop is kind of legendary. All right, sorry about that, dude. Uh, yeah, you just missed me th- talking for 30 seconds about bloody violence in RoboCop and all the stuff you missed in the unrated version.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah,
1: because, yeah, yeah, dude dude gets the back of his head blown off, and, he, and yeah. they kind of cut that out.
0: Huh. I like the kind of casual... NBD violence of RoboCop. I find it really fascinating.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's kind of like weirdly, kind of like almost like a European, like 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 heavy metal or something. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, the old comic, uh, man. I still need to see the new Judge Dred, Judge Dredd movie that came out
0: too. I like that so much. Uh, are you coming to my party tomorrow? Yeah. I can loan you the Blu-ray. Okay, not too good for me. I will I admit. Like, well, should, you want to trade the RoboCop Blu-ray for the Judge Dredd Blu-ray? If you give me RoboCop, I probably won't watch it. I'll just tell you right now. Wow, it's a good movie. I have a lot of things to watch and do. And RoboCop, I would like to rewatch it at some point. I will rewatch it sometime with Brenna. Because that is a movie I will enjoy more watching with Brenna.
1: Man, movie. should I come to your party tomorrow? I'll definitely come to the movie. I didn't even think about
0: that. If you it's going to be up? super packed. I Well, like I said, I invited almost everyone I know. But I don't know how many, if any, of those people are coming. Yeah, and
1: also, also you it's gonna be house. mostly your work. What's that? You haven't been to my house. Oh, that's true. I'll oh, forgot out stuff. Been to my house. You, you'll see, Let's put this way: you will see me at some point tomorrow.
0: And it's I... not mostly my work, friends. I invited like seven people from work. Out of those, it's almost literally everyone I have ever met in Portland. <laughs> I just assume it's gonna be like the rejuvenation truck is gonna uh, is gonna pull up. It's gonna oh, be like an eighteen wheeler, and suddenly everyone in the company comes pouring out. Like, yeah. No, with the last yeah. couple weeks, no, it is not, my friend.
1: <laughs> uh, is there going to be a Bounty castle?
0: <clears throat> no, there is not, unfortunately. Aww. Um. Yeah, RoboCop. I like RoboCop. I'd like to watch it again, but I'm just—it is a very long You wouldn't be,
1: would be averse to watching it again, but you're not making any plans.
0: Yeah. So if you load yeah. it to me, it will sit on my shelf for six months until I give it back to you. Uh, also, I got the Adventures of Baron Munches on, on Blu-ray too, because that Man, was on sale. I fucking hate that movie. Why? I do. I don't know. That movie just crawls up my dick, you and it just—I get sick. I hate it about it. Why? I hate it. There's something about that movie that just rubs me the wrong way in that every is direction. Weird. It's a very male-centric movie.
1: I mean, it's part it's... of Terry Gilliam's thr- trilogy of weird guy. Aging stuff, but
0: see, that's not really what I object to. There's just something about it. I don't like look of any it? of the characters. Well, no, the but, characters, um, yeah, no, but I don't even like to. I, I'm not saying that they're like not likable, that's different. And I'm just, I'm I, the, the, the aesthetic of it doesn't quite shell for me. And yeah, I don't know, well, it's, well, like, it's a shame. There's some Terry Gilliam movies that I love, like Brazil and I even like 12 Monkeys, but like for whatever reason, Time Bandits and Baron Munchausen can go fuck themselves time bandits and bird much has been like two of his best movies uh-huh yeah you dwarves and old
1: people that's it dude you figured it out that's a damn shame uh, do you hate roger rabbit no i love roger i to i'm trying to tr- 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 find other 80s movies that you arbitrarily hate uh, princess bride you think sucks a dick
0: no i i was a young woman who grew was born in the 80s grew up in the 90s if i didn't like princess bride i never would have survived some slumber parties the Princess Bride and... is actually one of my favorite books in the world too.
1: I so. keep forgetting that the Princess. Oh, that's right. I forgot you have a history with the novel too, yeah. as much as the movie. Yeah. I keep forgetting that the Princess Bride is the same lady from Toys, which is also also the same lady from Forrest Gump.
0: Robin Wright is in
1: Toys. Yeah, she's she's the main female love interest in
0: Toys. Like I can, I like everything in Toys. I guarantee you, <laughs> I do not remember the love story in Toys. Yeah, Toys was Jamie Foxx's first movie.
1: No, I did not. I'm want to time travel back to the set of Jacob and Shane and go up to him and say, "You know what? You're gonna get Oscar nominated." P.S. Your first movie was Toys, and I love it. I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna like when I start my Toys zine, my first celebrity interview is gonna be with uh, Jamie Foxx. I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna ask him about the Steven Yolanda music that he was his character was such a fan of.
0: Literally, cool? all I can remember from Toys is um, LL Cool J and his beret. Yeah. And Joan Cusack. That's all I can remember for that. Well, movie. those are pretty
1: much the most memorable. You got LL Cool J, the black son of a white English army major, and Joan Cusack dressed like a paper doll. So yeah, that's all literally kind of all out. I
0: can remember. I can't even remember Robin Williams in it. Well, also what well, that's funny because JJ uh, JJ
1: Abrams' dad, LL Cool J's dad in that movie is uh, is Dumbledore.
0: Oh really? Yeah, uh, Dumbledore this, A or Dumbledore B?
1: Uh, Dumbledore B, the okay. slightly more rambunctious. The Dumbledore did Michael Gambon. Yeah, and huh. that's crazy. So Michael Gambon is supposed to be United States General, and you find out that his dad is American. The reason why Michael Gambon's character in this movie, despite supposedly being American, the reason why his character is English is because his dad was stationed over in England when he was conceived, and so now he has this English <laughs> accent. But there's this scene in *Toys* where Michael Gambon talks about how he tried to get rid of his British accent, and he demonstrates what his American accent is. And it's the most—you don't understand over there. It's—he sounds like he's suddenly got a head injury for like ten seconds. It <laughs> is one of the—it's not funny, but it's not funny in the funniest way. That, oh my god. Okay, Michael Gambon is my second *Toys* zine interview. <laughs> I can could, I could see any any fat white guy that comes up to Michael Gambon, he's going to be thinking, oh, this motherfucker wants me to talk about Harry Potter. I'm like, no, my, Mr. Gambon, I want to talk about toys.
0: <laughs> so what else? What else? Well, all, so in our last episode of the Boy Hattie podcast, I was an asshole, and I said that someone should buy me both uh, Banner Saga and Tomb Raider for the PS4, and both those things came to be! <laughs> so how's I'm Tomb Raider, yeah. So, I should say that Bill was making fun of me for very clearly and transparently revising my Amazon wishlist right before my birthday.
1: No, Uh, which is, I mean, that's kind of the point of a wishlist.
0: I mean, come
1: on. I mean, yeah. So,
0: what's really cute is that my dear friends, Julie and Tim, have two kids Noah, who's six, and Josephine, who's two now. And uh, Noah and Josephine are my favorite tiny humans on the planet Earth. I love them so much. I would adopt them without even joking. I would adopt them in a second um, and have them my own. But uh, Noah loves to come over to house and play video games. He loves to play video games. He loves to play specifically um, the double fine connect games. He loves them more than anything to the point that um, when Foley uh, I she, he came over at some point when I was playing um, The Cave and saw the two-headed baby logo and he recognized it. He's like, oh, are we going to play the Kinect game? Which Aww. just warmed my heart, by the way. Anyway, so um, Julia asked Noah, Annie's birthday is coming up, what do you want to get her for her birthday? And he said, a video game. We're going to get her a video game. And she was like, okay, and showed him the video games were on my Amazon wish list and he picked Tomb Raider. He did. He was like, that one. And Julia said, now Noah, if we get her that one, you can't watch her play it. <laughs> you cannot. And he he thought for a second, he's like, no, I want to get her that one. So what I'm saying is, a six-year-old and two-year-old uh, want me to stab dudes in the throat with an arrow.
1: And or uh, have a, a piece of rebar shoved through your throat if you fuck up too many exactly. times.
0: Exactly. So it's interesting on in the PS4 because it is 60 frames per second. And it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Is it, it pretty consistently sixty frames per second? Yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's not locked
1: time. at, but from no. some of the live streams and, so, and stuff, I've seen <laughs> it seems to be pretty, 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 pretty consistent though. Yeah, I'm super yeah. impressed by it. It's uh, funny though
0: because some of like the fire effects and stuff are not. Like so it's it's kind Oh, of kind of so it's kinda of
1: dodgy, like yeah. That that it's... that's weird when like animated effects in a game are at a different frame rate. That happens yeah. a lot of times with like smoke, yeah, fire smoke a lot. Yeah. Where it kinda of makes those effects look extra just like what what? Like pasted it, it into the environment, yeah.
0: Like ultimately this game does feel just like a slightly tuned up version. Like it, it but it made me really excited to think about the possibilities of the PS4 when someone is dedicated and yeah. just like actually working well, on optimizing it.
1: Yeah, it's just like gun or whatever, whenever yeah. that was Quickly ported into like you know like a launch title for the for, like the Xbox 360 where like it looked better you could tell but within within a year or two you could look back at that port of Gungo oh my God the game looks like shit yeah hopefully the same thing happens like two or three years from now we'll be looking at the this this Tomb Raider game going oof You yeah. I need to go back and and and, and play Tomb Raider three because this remake of Tomb Raider <laughs> one ain't cutting it anymore <laughs> yeah. um,
0: but uh, more importantly. Uh, boy, howdy, listener, Mimblefingers bought me Banner Saga on Steam. Thank you so much. She, or he, I apologize, I don't know, I just realized, um, got it for me on, uh, the day before I got this cold, knocked me on my ass, had to stay homesick, and, uh, actually, I got to work, and my boss took one look at me and sent me home, and, um, so I was like, okay, well, I'll try some Banner Saga, and then I played it for 10 hours uninterrupted, uh, I may be obsessed with Banner Saga. Uh, the music did you, is so did, fantastic. Did you need the poop sock? It did not. Okay, excuse me. Some interruptions, but I did <laughs> stop to make out with my wife, so there were some interruptions.
1: But you but... did mention that this game is easy to play with one hand, too. Fuck you
0: so <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I said that I really, I said I like games like Banner Saga, I think, and Broken Age, and Shadowruns. Well, where this is a don't... joke
1: I made two weeks ago with talking about Broken Age, how I liked it, yeah. the fact that you could play with one hand. But, you like, that's, yeah. But no,
0: but that, that the interface is
1: simple enough that it's not like WASD and keyboard and mouse and yeah. everything like that. You could just, like, click, click,
0: click, click. Yeah. I like that accessibility, and I also like how much that does, even though it is restrictive, it kind of frees up the developer. So instead of, like, going into more complicated systems, just making the systems that are there more elegant and streamlined. Mm -hmm. So I got to say, I regret pretty hard not backing Banner Saga. It is fantastic. What, just
1: because you would have, like, uh, would you have liked to have gotten, like, a Banner Saga special edition, or are you just not not supporting mm -hmm. these guys?
0: I generally, it was the same thing with uh, Shadowrun Returns, which, by the way, the expansion is available for pre-order, and I added it to my Steam wish list. Ahem. Nothing. Yes. I'm not
1: consistent.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not thinking am not a cartoon of myself. But uh, I regret not backing that just because I regret not supporting these. Sorts. Oh
1: shit! Did you see who uh, the guys who make Banner Saga are? It's a. It's
0: three guys who used to work for Bioware. Oh, I vaguely knew that. Yeah, but it's,
1: interesting.
0: Okay. <clears throat> what's interesting about Banner Saga is really. I was thinking about this. Um, I don't know if I would have been so obsessed if it wasn't such a beautiful game. Like, it's just gorgeous. And the, the music is by Austin Winnery who did the score for Journey. The music is fantastic. And um, it's a turn-based strategy game, not unlike a Stripped Down XCOM or a variation on Fire Emblem Awakening. But... There's just something about it, man, that just stuck with me, and hmm. uh, I really, really enjoyed the hell out of it. I, in fact, right before I started recording, I was struggling with the final boss of the game. It was beating my ass to the ground. My is God, there,
1: is there anything in that game that suggests there may be more,
0: like more chapters coming?
1: Because uh, looking at uh, the Wikipedia entry for Banner Saga, it actually labels this the this game that you're playing as as Chapter One of the Banner Saga. Which that maybe just to be the title of the first game, especially they're gonna put out multiple games. It might be like a Star Wars Episode One, Episode Two kind of thing. But I don't know if they're like they had announced anything about like more chapters coming. Like if it's gonna be episodic, like like The Walking Dead or something like that. Uh,
0: it's definitely a self-contained narrative, but the meta narrative, even unresolved as it is, allows for definitely for additional stories. Also, it's kind of that lone wolf and cub sort of thing where there are enough gaps in the story that you can easily set other stories within gaps. Oh, okay. um, um, how easily
1: can I mod this into being a frozen game? Not very, Bill, actually,
0: I'm sorry. i don't know. I'm, however, I am delighted because playing the banner saga, um, they kind of take a lot of the visual design or like kind of the the cutscene design from visual novels. It is essentially a visual novel mixed with a turn-based uh, uh, tra- tactics strategy game, and uh, so I was like, "So how do I get the Vikings and Banner Saga to kiss?" And I was delighted because Stoic favorited my tweet. I am so delighted by that. Well, now that, that's
1: that's gonna be DLC for the next uh, for the next game, yeah. Well,
0: I'd be very excited about that. There so, are a lot of funky so, Vikings and giants in that game. In terms of gameplay, I know you know, like
1: I keep on uh, comparing this to Fire Emblem. Uh, just because that's that's the closest uh, reference I have to like a grid-based, turn-based. It's all turn-based, right? It's not like real time or anything. That's correct. It is turn-based. Uh, it's all turn-based. Uh, and do you, like, is it better than, than Fire Emblem? Because you said um, it actually plays more like XCOM, but I wasn't quite sure.
0: Really? So in in Fire Emblem, it's turn-based, but whose turn it is doesn't really impact your strategy so much. Yeah.
1: Um, it can a little bit, but yeah, that's it's it, the game's not leaning too hard on that as a primary mechanic.
0: You can pick... It is turn-based in that it is your turn, and you can move any of your units in that turn, and then it's the enemy's turn. Whereas, um, which I can't... Actually, I, can, I think that is how XCOM is, too. Yeah, I far. think so,
1: yeah. Where the entire side takes... Like, so what, in, in Banner Saga, characters take individual turns? It's not like, okay, good guys go, and then bad guys go, and then back it's, and forth.
0: It's always me than you then me then you then me then you and when before oh, yeah. you before you start a fight, you pick which order your dudes go in. So if oh, okay. I That's decide that, you know, Rook is gonna go first, he's always gonna go first in my turn, and then whoever goes next always goes next but in between are your enemies. And so that means that even when you're down like if there's 8 of them and only 2 of you, it's obviously you're you're really restricted, but on the other hand it's kind of an advantage because you can you have a lot of turns to their one turn. Yeah. So it's it's a neat so uh structure is a little more important and I don't know, I mean this game, I'm kind of I think about it all the time. I just kind of like it. In fact, that's what I probably need to do with this final battle. I probably need to approach it. I need to do what the game is telling me to do instead of what I, my instinct is to do. Anyway, uh, Bannerstock is great. I'm really obsessed with it. Annie, use your Pegasus Knights. <laughs> I should, absolutely. And I can't wait to play more of it. It is. So we were having a little conversation about the game is 25 bucks. Man, I'll pick... Which for some reason, 25, it seems, yeah. More, yeah, that that that's, that's, if it was 20. Yeah. It's like 20... a weird psychological barrier, but. Yeah. 20 for me is like totally reasonable. And what's funny is that it's not the 25 is not unreasonable. Mm-hmm. But that, for whatever reason, is my barrier. I'll pay yeah. twenty, but I won't pay twenty-five.
1: Well, especially on Steam, where you know this game's going to likely to be five bucks in the next couple months. If, if, even if it's just one quick sale or something like that, you know it's not going to be this price for very
0: long. Yeah. Oh, speaking um, of, I know you're broke. Do you have any interest at all in playing Redshirt? Yeah, I just heard about that just earlier this week from Jen Frank. Yeah, man. I need. Uh, I feel like that, even though I know very little about that game. Why? is I feel that like Dylan that, needs to play that, that game? Does that actually have a multiplayer component? No, I only bring it up because it's on sale right now.
1: Yeah, it's half off. It's ten bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: Anyway, I just bought it this morning because I was like, I'm f- sure, I'll play this game." Well, that's
1: $10. the thing. Like, well, there's a game called Rust out there, which sounds kind of like Minecraft but more realistic, where you're kind of like running around this first-person environment. To buy <gasps> there's Minecraft. a
0: bluebird on my yard, or she's uh, a Happy jay? birthday,
1: Mary Poppins.
0: Hey, I haven't seen a bluejay in my yard. That's kind of awesome. Aww. Blue Jays are my grandma's favorite bird. Uh, did I you see of Parks and Recreation this week? I have not.
1: It's uh, the episode where Chris Trainer and uh, what's her face leave. Ann
0: Perkins. Yeah. Ann Perkins. How did I forget that name, Ann Perkins? <laughs> I was gonna say man, the na- oh, I know we talked about this at length, but I fucking love the names on that show. My God. Yeah. Uh, uh was anyway, a very got...
1: goddamn cute episode. I got a little teary-eyed at the end.
0: I heard a lot of people saying that.
1: I look forward. to Well, that. even aside from the fact that. um it's those characters leaving uh they actually end the shot it almost in a weird way it almost feels like kind of like a series finale because it kind of ties up uh one or two little uh, threads from the pilot episode of all things
0: yeah a few people mentioned that i saw and that. actually the last shot of the
1: episode are the characters kind of like uh, heading back to town while the camera pans up and you actually get to see your first full view of Pawnee as a town for the first oh time. really Aww. which is funny because it's you know it's partially computer generated because it's not you know it's the show's filmed in like like venice beach or whatever the hell in california yeah. So they had to kind of like uh, get some CG people to kind of assemble this, you know, small Indiana town. But it's nice to see you actually get to see like you know, the city hall and everything like that. It's kind of like yeah, as as Anne's leaving town, you get to see the actual town that she's leaving, and it's very kind of like oh Pawnee, very yeah. Funny. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was a very sweet ending.
0: Aw, I look forward to seeing it. I'm, but s- I'm still I was waiting too busy for- playing Banner Saga, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> so wait, are you gonna go back to Fire Emblem anytime soon? You know, I enjoyed the hell out of Fire Emblem, and I was obsessed with it, but I gotta say... You was.
1: Yeah, that, was. That, 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 that's the critical term, huh? Uh, was, was, was.
0: Um, he, it, It's that the game... Uh, the, the, I really enjoyed the friendship mechanic, but that the friendship mechanic basically meant you could have four to five conversations, and that's it. And if you want to have anything more, then you better rotate those characters to someone else. Yeah. I it, The shallowness of that system, even though I absolutely understand it because they have,
1: like... No, but you can wring it dry pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, and once I realized that that, that was totally intriguing to me and fascinating to me, and I still like it, but and I enjoy the gameplay of it enough... Once I kind of realized that that was that shallow, for whatever reason, my interest kind of waned. Yeah, so see, I, that's
1: why I wish there was at least a New Game Plus option, so at least if you want to start over the game, you can choose like different characters, combinations and stuff. Now, or at least if there's a sequel, I hope they keep that mechanic and kind of flesh it out so you don't just plow through, all, like, you, you don't iterate on every relationship so quickly where it's like, Okay, yeah. well, I've gone from these characters not knowing to, to, uh, each other to being pretty much married or best friends for life in just like two or three hours. Yeah, yeah. I
0: gotta say, it did. As dumb as it sounds, it made me a little more excited about Massive Chalice. <laughs> Why well, is just that a because... dynamic in there? Yeah, Massive Chalice totally steals that dynamic, but they allow for same-sex relationships.
1: I would love love, uh, NPCs falling in love with each other the more you use them together as, like, that'll be the next, like, RPG leveling up system that gets used in, like, Call of Duty or something, yeah.
0: If Bioware's smart, they would go with that. Like they do that a little bit in that you like, especially in. Um, well, Age. Bioware moving forward
1: keeps on going with relationship stuff. Who knows? And this Mass Effect may just be a Call of Duty clone. It may not. You may even eject a lot of the character stuff. You never know.
0: Well, th- there have been interviews lately where um, a few of the creative types from Ma- uh, Bioware have said, like sometimes they feel. Um, uh, like pigeonholed by the whole relationship slash romance. I can thing. see that, yeah. But on the other hand, they say no one else is doing it. Yeah, and no,
1: because well, I, I think the relationship kind of drives away some people who think that like those games are just like uh, soap opera uh, Sims, which but not they're not completely wrong. But it does it does kind of create a niche market that they're kind of stuck with a little bit.
0: On the other hand, the people that that niche is serving are so underserved, yeah. And the people who are driven away from that are so overserved that it's like you know it's it may be making them nichey, but it's a very broad and accessible niche. Yeah. You know. Uh, how so, far in the far- anyway? Can I please finish the sentence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm just curious about questions. <laughs> uh, the uh, they did this a little bit. They do it a tiny touch in Mass Effect in that as you have characters in your party, they have little bits of dialogue, but they flesh it out quite a bit more in Dragon Age in that if you don't take the same characters, like, if you don't have the same characters in your party, you're going to miss a huge amount of development between them. Like, for example, um, Dragon Age 2... My favorite characters in that were Avalyn and Isabella. And the friendship that they have as it evolves, primarily through um, this sort of like ambient dialogue and also through cutscenes, is one of my favorite friendships in any video game. Um, They become kind of a sweary Leslie Nope and Ann Perkins, and it makes me so happy. And I wish that they they would gamify that in the way that Fire Age Emblem or she Fire Emblem Awakening does. Yeah. Anyway, Bill, ask your question. Thank you for letting me finish.
1: Uh, I was just going to ask, uh, do, you, do you vaguely remember how far into Fire Emblem you had gotten?
0: Uh, I've gotten to, I, I'm past the jump in time. Uh, Marth just revealed herself to be our daughter from the future. Oh, you're actually getting pretty close I would imagine towards the end then, yeah. Uh,
1: the villain... You remember, like, the... There's, there's 24 chapters in the game.
0: So I don't I, can't know. What cha- I think I'm on yeah. chapter 16 or something like that. Oh, so okay. I the gameplay itself is fun but not enough to not rewarding enough that I want to keep playing it for the gameplay sake and the um I get frustrated in games with time jumps where it doesn't feel like there is a time jump like Fable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, where it feels kind of shallow and hollow. Like, to be fair, literally all games with a time jump feel shallow and hollow. Well, it sounds like you're not going to play
1: Fire Emblem again, but even if you don't... It sounds you 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 got fire. You play Fire Emblem as much as you needed to. Done. You're literate in yeah. Fire Emblem,
0: and so. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And it's not. I'm not stopping playing that I'm not enjoying it anymore. It's just uh, I kind of slaked my Fire Emblem thirst. Emblem the
1: only the only reason I would I, I like I feel tempted to push you towards beating it would just to see what the ending of the game you get is because the ending of my game was so specific on the relationships and you your characters do not have the same relationships that my characters do And I wonder. Mm-hmm what the hell the ending because well, spoilers for emblem awakening at least the ending i got uh my game was all about was it crom mm-hmm. and the pegasus the first pegasus night lady you get they fall in love and they have a daughter and that's marth mm-hmm. and marth comes back in time to do whatever to, to like change the future from getting all fucked up but the ending was very specifically about those three characters, to the point that I thought they were like in the pre-rendered cinematic footage. But your characters—that's not the same grouping of characters you have driving the plot in your game. So I'm kind of wondering how what the ending is.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm assuming it's the same basic ending, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, from from what I've seen of other cutscenes, yeah, I'm sure it's the same same thing.
1: Your character is always going to be someone with a hood over their face, and
0: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm glad
1: you I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, I really enjoy it now I feel not. less bad about taking the 3ds back to you back from you so I can play uh, uh, a of the fall next week
0: yeah yeah do not do not stress it too much my friend no. so the other game <laughs> So the two games that I really were obsessed with this week were Banner Saga and Devil May Cry of all You played more of Yes, I did. But hold on. Let me, so with Banner Saga, the last few battles in Banner Saga are a bitch and a half. They're just a total bitch. And it got to the point where I played the, the kind of end game of Banner Saga. I think I've played it about seven or eight times and failed a couple of different ways and um both in the tactical game and in the meta game oh hold on a second back up just a second more you had asked how the gameplay in banner saga is if it is just kind of like that fire emblem xcom thing yeah so there are two faces of the game there's the um, the actual combat which is absolutely that kind of strategy element and then there's kind of the metagame which is uh, sort of a resource management thing where you are heading this caravan and the caravan has a couple of different resources they have clansmen which are just bros um, just people and then there are warriors that are humans who can fight There are Varls, which are the giant folks, and they can all fight. Uh, Those are your three kind of people, human resources, if you will. Then you have Renown, which depending on the amazing things that you do, be it in combat or otherwise, you earn Renown. And then you have Supplies, which are how many days worth of food you have. So the larger your caravan, the more powerful you are, but that means you need more supplies. Okay, yeah. And to level up your soldiers or to buy them uh, uh, like armor or boosts or anything like that, um, you, you can do those by spending renown. But you also can spend renown to get supplies. So there's like this balancing on the larger game. And if you run out of supplies, you don't know how long it'll be until you'll be able to get some more. And, um, people just start dying. Your caravan just oh starts God. contracting. So, um, there's kind of a, there's like a, like a tactical turn-based strategy game that's the combat, and then there's the metagame, which is this kind of resource management strategy sort of thing. So, anyway, um, the end, of, I'm playing Banner Saga on easy, as I always do, and the, like, end game of it is just a bitch. There's just an abrupt curve up. And, uh, I'm Double May Cry! I'm enjoying Double May Cry! Actually, I've totally stockholm on it. There's some really brilliant level design in it. Like, if you ever played Enslaved, those guys do amazing level design, and they've kept it up in Double May Cry. <clears throat> so it's totally worth it in that regard. But, uh, <laughs> I got to a point in the game where I can't progress because I suck. I'm not very good at playing it. And there's this one battle where there are three waves, and by the time I get to the th- third wave i'm so weakened and the enemies are so strong that i can't progress and i played through that about six or seven times before i put the controller down so the two games that i was juggling i was stuck on and i got so frustrated and angry that i was just like i I can't i just i was like i fuck video games that hasn't happened to me in years because i always play on easy mode and Mm -hmm. i tend to play games that aren't really like that i was about to ask there is no easy mode in this game huh in in which game? Banner Saga. There is. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. And there's an easy mode in Don't May Cry, and I'm playing easy mode in both, and I'm still sucking. It made me really desperately miss like and, game you know, skills. Actifying.
1: You know. You know what it is. The closer you get to your 30th birthday, that's it. The closer you use, you lose all your video game skills. It's so sad.
0: Yeah. That's it. That's exactly but what's happening.
1: You're just gonna be like, man. You know what? I'm thinking about picking up a Wii. <laughs> Man, I think I that
0: Wii sports. Yeah, I like that bow it game. <laughs> uh, my God, yeah, Double Cry. Uh, it's only gonna be actually it may already be done. It was, I got it because it was free on PS Plus. Yeah. Um, and it was totally worth downloading. Uh, but now I feel bad because my PS3 is kind of full, and the only way I could even download Double Cry was by deleting every pretty much everything I had downloaded, and um. But yeah, now. I, I keep registering, uh, I keep on firing
1: up my PlayStation 3 just to register, like, to, to quote-unquote buy PlayStation yeah. Plus games, but I don't download them because the last game I, I could download was uh, Nino Nino Kuni, and that filled up the last yeah. of my hard drive. Yeah. And yeah. so, even with me deleting smaller games and stuff like that, I still don't have enough for, like, a big, like, 10-gig download. Yeah. the whole brand new game so yeah
0: well and i feel I, so i feel extra mad because i have to beat double may cry so i can download the february one of the february free games for P- playstation plus which will be remember me and i really wanted to play remember me but i couldn't justify shelling out 60 bucks for it and i'm like free free is my price but i got to beat double may cry first god damn
1: this is one of the funny things cuz still uh, i want to lend one of my uh, consoles off to Dylan McConus and uh i think the first one i may lend her is the playstation 3 but i may end up giving her like calling her up and say hey dylan could you log into my account for a moment log into playstation plus and click the redeem download for like these free games just so at least it's registered that i that i had like registered for these games even if you're not downloading them like okay hit the download button and then cancel out as soon as possible that's all i want you to do like don't download the game you're gonna get an error message but just, it's yeah. really
0: strange that play the PlayStation Store doesn't have an online store. I was surprised. Yeah. Like, yeah. with Xbox, I could do that even with the 360, and I could even then queue it for my downloads the next time I... I would imagine
1: the savvier that Sony seems to be getting these days, that they would roll something up, maybe they'll announce something like that at E3. Yeah. Um, now, Especially now that like uh, they've got so many Western people in charge of yeah. how that console is being operated. Hopefully somebody in the West goes, Yeah, you know what? Uh, you should be able to buy games on your smartphone with this goddamn thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, if Nintendo's thinking about doing that, then fuck, Sony should have been on this years ago. <laughs>
0: yeah, true. Yeah, that,
1: that, that, that's kind of the warning sign, is when Nintendo's doing it, you know you missed the fucking bus. Exactly. Um, yeah.
0: So, while we're talking about video games, uh, Yesenia, who is listening to our live stream, uh just sent us a question. She said, This is Jacinia, As a result of all the interviews I've been doing recently, I have a cliche interview question. Which of your favorite video game characters would you invite to a dinner party? Would it
1: have to remain a dinner party, or could it start turning into a sex party? I knew you were going to say that. Well, no, because I know you would invite Monkey, Nathan Drake... I don't know what
0: you're talking about. <laughs> so i so a dinner party would just be for a, a night of uh, fantastic conversation. Yeah, um, so characters that I would have over for an actual dinner party. I would have Isabella and Evelyn from Dragon Age. Then I would actually have Chloe and Sully from Uncharted. Um, yeah. I would not invite Monkey to a dinner party because he's a quiet mook and doesn't talk much. <laughs> um, I would invite Abigail from Red Dead. You know what, I would invite, uh, Mario,
1: Link, Samus, so I wouldn't have to talk, and we could just fucking eat and get (laughs) it over (laughs) with. Or actually, no, it'd be great to invite a whole bunch of Animal Crossing characters over, so it's a whole just conversation, it's like, (laughs) Not me, not me, Uh, no, uh... I mean, I would invite. I mean, Nathan Drake would be great to have over because you talk about his stories about like rampaging the world and going on crazy adventures. Um, See,
0: that's why I'd invite Chloe and Sully. I love Nathan Drake, but if I were just gonna talk, I'd invite Chloe and Sully first because they're more um, shit talkers. Tally Vast Normandy, you give her with a a beer with a straw. I would totally invite. She would actually be probably. I would invite her and Trainer. Trainer. Those would probably be the two Mass Effect characters I would invite. You would you know what actually it would be good for a dinner party? What's his name? Yeah, uh, Mass
1: Effect 3. He could make uh, huevos for Ontario's. Oh, Vega? Yeah, Vega. I do I mean, like he, Vega. He'd be good for conversation and, sh- and let's put it this way. He would keep the conversation from getting too snooty and intellectual, but still. fun That and is true. Everyone that hates true. that character, but I like that. I guy. like Vega. He's a big a dumb one, but he's still like he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's I don't know. He's and he's down with everyone around him being Gay, so you can't freak him out <laughs> yeah. by like, "Hey, your penis looks fantastic." Baga.
0: I really like Vega, but then you all know how I feel about big lugs.
1: So um, I'm trying to think. Oh God, you know, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably, this I'll think about this question all week and next week I'll be like, "Oh my God, um, who are our favorite video game characters?" But then you have to like well, see, filter that through, like what, what's good dinner. I um, would
0: invite. I can't remember his name now. Shame on me. Ellie? I would, no, I would invite... Well, I, Ellie from Last of Us? Joel would be too dour. Ellie would be funny. I would invite Tess <laughs> before I would invite Joel, I'll tell you that. No, I would invite... King what's of all name Cosmos
1: from, would be fun.
0: What's the name of the dude from Grim Fandango? Uh, not Gledis. Grim Fandango. What's the name of the um, elemental? Fandango Elemental. What's his name? God damn it. Uh, Gladys! Shame on me. Conley is shaking her fist. I would totally invite Gladys from Grim Pendigo. He's a big giant sweetheart and goofball. I would invite
1: Shay and Vela from Broken Age just to see what they have to talk about, and say, what they have to say to each other. Oh, did you okay. finally beat that? Yes, I did. Did we talk about. Have you beaten. Is this the first time we've beaten it since. Uh... I think so. What We have to talk about Broken Age. Are, so... are we going to get spoilery?
0: No. Yes. Here's the thing about Broken Age. I've been oh, thinking about this No, more. Annie didn't like Broken Age. Here's why. And I wasn't going to say anything about it. I was going to keep it It's too this under simple, blah, my... blah, blah. No, blah. no, no, no. Not at all. I liked that the puzzles were accessible enough.
1: that You're you freaked couldn't... out by the fact that the main, uh, the main female's black. That's it. Too many pies.
0: I was really. I really. So I had uh, my friend Conley over the other night to do Ladylike. And Conley is my bro who's probably even more obsessed with double fine than I am which is saying something and we had a long talk about broken age and she loved it unequivocally and i admit i had my i had one big issue with broken age so the whole point of broken age is that they wanted to make a game that that a uh, developer or that a publisher would not back would not fund because a publisher would if they had their druthers would have them make a different sort of game so whatever game they wanted to make would be filtered through the lens of their publishers so they went to Kickstarter instead. Yeah, okay. I all their that. money. That's
1: that's a valid criticism.
0: Well, hold on, I'm not done yet. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? I think that not, yeah. the the instead they made a game that is filtered through the lens of their Kickstarter backers. Yeah. It felt like designed by committee. Rather, which it was, because when they did this Kickstarter, they had no idea of what sort of game they wanted to do, and for all the backers, they looked for feedback, and they're like, what kind of game do you want to play? What sort of elements do you want to have? And they're like, I want a monster! I want to have a bakery town! I want to have a cult of nest people! And it's like, so it feels like this mishmash of elements with no world like no cohesion to it. There are no rules to this world. See, I would wait
1: until at least the second half comes out to pass no, like I definitive know. judgment on that because you don't know how this is. Because there there's obviously like a story. They're
0: going somewhere with this. Absolutely. But here's um... my I agree. And I, I agree that they could very I mean they're 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 gesturing pretty specifically towards resolving some of that. But I'll say this. Fairy tales and fantastical stories and all of these things that could have a person in a wolf suit and space aliens and all these other things, even with fairy tales and everything, there is an internal rule to, Mm -hmm. there are some like rules to it, to the world. It's like, this felt way too much to me, like a Mad Lib game where Tim Schaefer said, you know, like, once upon a time, there was a, and then some forum posters were like, "Girl, yeah, I'm fine with that." Because I don't think, I don't see, think he's trying to
1: build a world that you're supposed to want to live in. He's just, I like I said, it's it's hard to it's hard to make an argument about this until the second game comes out. Uh, who who knows? The, the, everything happening in this game might be taking place in someone's imagination, so it's not necessarily supposed to make sense or something. But
0: there, there's but, still an internal logic to a dream. Like there is, like there, like there's. If you want me, like Tim Schaefer, where he excels, are creating these little dolls. Where does in the world. internal
1: logic break down? Like, what, 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 what were like the game breaking things for you?
0: It was just I didn't feel like any of it had any cohesion whatsoever.
1: Was it the fact that standing on a cloud is dependent on volume rather than mass or area? Yes, Phil. It was a science issue for me. Absolutely. No, no but like, that's like, one of the things I like about. Have, you could stand uh, on a cloud if you just had snowshoes big enough. I see, like
0: that. That's, that's hilarious. I liked that. But then that like sense. there's a Will Wheaton lumberjack and uh no, I wanna have a monster guy. No, yeah. but uh I wanna have uh, some yawn people and uh uh, spaceship. See, this
1: is why you don't like the adventures of Baron Munchausen, because Baron Munchausen isn't the same way, where it's just kind of Baron random Munchausen storytelling elements. It had an internal logic to it. No, because it was I a like guy it. telling tall tales, and that's but kind of the point of that movie, is that there is no, no internal logic.
0: A cohesion to it. Even The Fall, which is a terrible movie that is about someone telling a story, there's a thread to it. There are elements that are repeated. There's like a single point of view to it. There is no single point of view to this game. It feels like Exactly what it is: thousands of people shouting and plucking things from it. Maybe that's what I grew up
1: because I grew up with like Super Mario Brothers. Where I had to justify like, why are you an Italian plumber who's like living in this world full of mushrooms who is trying to save some mushroom people while killing others, and you're spitting fire out of your hands to fight a giant turtle that looks like a bull?
0: If this like... were a platformer, I would have no problem with any of this, but this is a story, a character-based story game. So I, and... I don't think of it as a story game. It's a character-based puzzle game.
1: See, that's... not even a puzzle game, but just like even the puzzle just very much like take this thing over here and put it there. But it's more just like it's 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 more of a trading sequence game. But I don't even think about it as if like a like I, yeah, I don't think I'm, I I I did not come for to this game expecting any kind of a story that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Actually the, the the fact that things seem to there seems to be more story than I would have uh than I would have imagined there is by the end when you realize how some of those pieces between uh, Shay and Vela's worlds fit together, but
0: I don't know. You're, you're discussing it as if it were essentially the sort of game that the cave is. Yeah. That is the cave. Is just a puzzle game with some characters tacked on. This is not the cave. This well, we don't know world. what the story of the game is too. That's the other thing. That's that's
1: that's why no. I'm uh, yeah. not going to really get too worked about it because the story. There's obviously they're going somewhere with us, and we don't know what the story is.
0: All that all agree. you know is that the worlds are somehow connected, in the no, past, but. I'm just saying that I've played a lot of adventure games. I've played a lot of adventure games. And the whole point of adventure games is to tell a story in a world with characters. And I didn't... The world felt like it didn't have a point of view. I couldn't connect with any of the characters and it felt like it was just a design by a committee thing. And what kills me, I love the music. I did like the char, like the elements of the characters. It was the most, single most beautiful game I've ever played in conjunction with Banner Saga. Like i and this is not a deal breaker for me. I will play this game. I would recommend other people play it. I I backed this game with 100 bucks. I will back their next game with 200 dollars. But I want their next game to be instead of here's a kick. Kickstarter, what game do you want us to make? I want it to be, here's a Kickstarter, here's the game we want to make. Well,
1: this is the thing, too. This is Tim Schafer's first adventure game in, what, like, 15 years? I think he was... This is an interesting situation where he's trying to feel out... He's trying to make a game that will both appeal to people who have been begging him to make an adventure game for the last 15 years, and also appeal to people who have never played an adventure game before. This is this more speaks to the mechanics of the game than it is the character of the story or anything, because I've seen a lot of people complain about how simplistic this game is. I think and, that's uh, smart, and uh, because I think people are expecting, uh, like Tim, like I, it seems like people were expecting like Tim Schafer must have like spent the last fifteen years not working on adventure games. Like okay, now it's his chance to break out his most devious puzzles that he's been that have been brewing in the back of his mind for the last fifteen years. No, he just came out with like a very kind of like. My first adventure game, adventure game. And so that's, I think that's why I'm not so worried about the story hanging together so much, because it's really just him just kind of getting his feet wet again. And, I disagree. and he's also got the thing where, like, he promised that backers would have input. And so you can't really get too hung up on a specific story if you have backers having input for the story and characters. If it's supposed to be this, like, really collaborative thing, you can't get too your uh, your heart set on I'm going to tell this very authoritative it's a story with this particular world view if so many people with their own separate worldviews are contrib- contributing in any meaningful way to that story.
0: See my I, I disagree. I, I agree that this game is very accessible and I think they're smart to do that. Adventure games with a shit ton of verbs are dumb and complicated and they shouldn't be. The whole thing about adventure games is that they should be accessible. They should be a game that someone who's never played a game before can play. So I think that the fact that the puzzles were none of them so impossibly complicated that you would probably get stuck for, uh, like, days or I hours. I got stuck at twice. The only time I got stuck was when I knew how to solve the problem, but I did not have the item in my inventory, and I couldn't figure out where to get it. This yeah, is the only I got time lost. I got, stuck.
1: I got lost in a ship. When you're supposed to go le- go out and leave the ship and mess with the cranes, yeah, I, I for some reason I could not find the door that uh, lets you go outside and mess with the cranes. And Vella's uh, and in Vela's world, uh, there's the part where she's going to be, gonna be uh, attacked by Mog and you have to talk to the other two people being sacrificed to Mog and like, yeah. there's a little bit of a trading sequence there. Yeah, like there's the lady who's who's the soda pop girl. And I didn't realize you had to talk to one of the the, the the girls like an extra time or two, and then she'll give you an item that lets you yeah get swivel, yeah. eaten up by Mokshatra.
0: I only got stuck them. on the riddle because I was like they told me the riddle and I figured out the What's solution to the riddle. What's the riddle? The riddle to get into the temple of the dead-eyed god. I don't want to talk. Oh really? I already. guess that right off the top of my well. Like the... I knew what the solution was. I heard the riddle. I'm like, oh, it's X. But I didn't have X in my inventory because
1: 18 screens
0: ago, I didn't go left. (laughs) That was dumb, I thought. Um, But you you seem to be mis... Uh, My thing is that I gave Double Fine $100. I didn't give... Eighty thousand backers. Of no, I understand where so you're coming from. That
1: is my. But I think in order to maximize the potential profits they can get from the Kickstarter, they were like, "Yeah, everyone gets to contribute too. It's not they should give us her money, but like we're it's going to be a two-way street." And I think that did bite them in the uh, that yeah. resulted in what you're talking about, where my... it did become a mad-lib design thing of like Tim Schaefer kind of creates the skeleton of okay, here's what the game is, and yeah, what should this world be? It should be world of cakes. Okay, my... we'll do that. Why not? and that's how people and so that's that's his way of making it modular where he can let people contribute where it's kind of a theme but it still slots into this other this bigger story that he has but that does kind of make for like a kind of nonsensical kind of schizophrenic like world
0: i absolutely see why it happens and i can understand it's why it is it's a better children's
1: book than a than an
0: adventure game my point is is that you say that this the intention of this is to sate existing people and possibly to introduce new people i i feel like it definitely will slake the thirst of the lot the large audience who um wants to have more adventure games to play but i feel like if this were my first adventure game it would not take me by the throat the way that full throttle did oh yeah that that's yeah. Gabriel Knight did, the way that even Monkey Island did, because all of those games, specifically, it wasn't just that I like pressing things in my inventory and giving them to people, because that's not why people who like adventure games like adventure games. People who like adventure games like stories, they like characters, they like puzzles, but this playing this game would not make me horny for more adventure games, if this were the first time I had ever played it. I thought, oh, that was cute, but it, like full throttle and Grim Fandango and even Psychonauts, so that was not an adventure game, the world, even as gestural as it was, was so interesting and the characters that were in it, they were so interesting that I wanted more and I wanted more experiences like that. So I'm viewing this from my particular bias and this is a criticism that I've heard literally no one else voice. And so I get that this is my very particular perspective, but like I said, at the end of the day, I want this to be successful. I want a lot of people to play it, and I don't think that these flaws are so huge that they make the game not worthwhile or not worth twenty-five bucks or whatever. And it he, totally is. All
1: I'm saying is that Stephen King, he's now he's writing another dark terror book. <laughs> <and he's gonna laughs> get started, and he's gonna he's let the figures can- have a voice. <laughs> oh okay. And so when that now. book comes out and then there's a battle in a cake kingdom <laughs> and uh-huh. a battle in a fishing village and none uh-huh. of it makes sense. Yeah. Uh I might be justified in being like, "What?" the hell yeah. story what is this? <laughs> what the... i get why you don't feel my concerns but i still think my concerns are valid and exist. yeah i think there's kind of an emotional package you have to bring to the situation to really understand where you're com- i mean I, I i like i i academically understand where you're coming from but i just it's hard for me to like emotionally connect with that point of view just because i'm like i just like i just it really I, I i really enjoy the surface uh broken age on the most surface level possible where mm-hmm. i just liked it not even as a game, but just as a nice place to be for four hours.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so I I think I'm on the opposite end where I came with absolutely no expectations and was pleasantly surprised. At, like, well, that's the other thing, too. I was For the $3 million they spent on the game, I was actually genuinely surprised at how deep the production values were for that. So I wasn't oh, yeah. even thinking about the story or anything. I was just like, the fact that it's fully voiced, fully orchestrated, with a great score, fantastic, yeah. uh, a super high-res artwork um with great animation even like little bits of 3d modeling they did when the characters turn their face so i was that's the stuff i well while you're sitting there kind of being disappointed at how the story and characters don't hang together i was like oh my god like i i i i i I was i like i was just marveling at the paint job while you were upset at how the house was built
0: it so, is an empirically yeah. beautiful and 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 one, like beautiful to the eyes and to the ears game. Yeah. Like it's it's a sort of game where, like Banner Saga, where even if those are games where you do not enjoy the core game mechanics, if you have like the heart that loves art, those are games that are worth playing from a purely aesthetic level, even beyond the gameplay level.
1: So, um, wait, who's the guy in the wolf suit, Merrick? Merrick. I would invite him to dinner. <laughs> just because he's got a great voice, I just love to like. Oh shit! What are you doing? I, I the, whoever did that voice was fantastic. Uh, Sully from uh, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. We'll have two Sullys at dinner.
0: There we go. And, uh,
1: Lamar from Grand Theft Auto Five.
0: There you go. I
1: All think right. that, like at least in terms of recent characters. So I'm trying to think of any older characters, but just yeah.
0: Bill, tell me about
1: the Great American Serial Book. The Great American Serial Book for people watching at home is this book. It's a book about breakfast cereal. It's also disappointing. (laughs) Oh, yeah? It is. Well, I thought this... uh, So this is a book that came out a little while ago, and uh, I wanted to check it out because, hey, I love breakfast cereal, and I love books about stupid pop culture bullshit. Um, This character has a whole bunch of great, like, full-color photographs of, like, different, like, boxes of cereal and stuff. Unfortunately, I thought it was going to be more a book about the creation of different cereals and the history of breakfast cereal, and there's some of that in there. But the, what of that is in there is kind of repetitive, not very well written, and not super informative. You're essentially uh, just whatever information in there. It kind of reads like a very dry Wikipedia article uh, <laughs> a book about breakfast cereal, would have but a, a little more snappily written, and actually be a little more substantial. Really, it's just a giant catalog of all the, breakfast, all the major breakfast cereals that have come out in the last hundred years with, like, a lot of full-color photos. Right. And each breakfast cereal gets a listing of when it came out, who came out with it, what was so special about it, and, like, a spokesperson. But it's really more just, like, kind of a pretty, like, little, like, checklist catalog yeah. of breakfast cereals. I mean, I can't complain too much. They have like I mean they I mean they do uh, document some pretty bonkers ass fucking cereals in here. Yeah. They document ET cereal, which is nice. still my favorite cereal of all time. And, uh do, is there a particular Ninja Turtles cereal? Do they
0: document the Tiny Toons cereal which scratched the fuck out of the roof of my mouth? Oh, what kind of cereal like what was was it just like uh, Captain it Crunch? Like, it was it was pretty much Captain Crunch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they do not feature tiny
1: tunes. They have tricks.
0: Motherfuckers.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah but that's. Uh, whoever uh, wrote this book must have grown up in the 80s because this is very 80s centric. They have Rainbow Brite yeah. cereal uh, in here. They have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pac Man, um, all that kind of stuff. Mr. T cereal. Oh, Monopoly wow. Monopoly cereal. Yeah. Um,
0: but it's, yeah, it's, it's Man, it's remember cool. a time when when cross marketing synergy meant we'll do a branded breakfast cereal?
1: Well, that's kind of one. They have a chapter like their, their their subtitle for the chapter about cereal in the eighties is subtitled "Have a book, have a movie, have a cereal," and and because most of that chapter is like E.T. cereal, Dunkin' Donuts. Cereal, no. Which was little little donuts that you can eat. Which is that? That's actually not a bad idea. Like it uh, looks, Donkey Kong donuts or Donkey Kong cereal. Oh man, this is the best one. I totally forgot this actually existed. Koochie stars. What? Koochie <gasps> stars.
0: I had those. <laughs> That's I remember sweet. that cereal and I remember the commercial for it. Croji stars involving the Swedish chef. The Swedish chef I remember the commercials for it and I remember buying them cereal.
1: So that's the value of that book is kind of like oh yeah, Crochi stars. I There's put that garbage Crookie in, Crookie in my, my mouth. Yeah. yeah They're not gonna tell you uh, where country stars came from or any kind of context but yeah. yeah so that's that that's that's you know what that's happened when Bill gets a book about breakfast cereal. It's kind of light and fluffy, and it's substantial like breakfast cereal itself.
0: There you go. all Bill. Oh, that's nice, dude. You should add that to your Amazon.com book review.
1: That's the kind of writing you don't get in the Broken Age. Introspective and
0: well-rounded. You fuck yourself, Bill Muddren. Alright, friends, we're gonna take a little break, and then we'll be back for the Geek Week in Review. It's hey come back come yeah. back where are you going hey, that's, actually, that's what we should call the second
1: half of this podcast always is. Hey, hey come back <laughs> where are you going screw the keep league review but hey, like we just lost a viewer there we go <laughs> uh, they, they th- took us on uh, face value okay well <laughs> fine, fuck it i'm leaving slam the door is there a way can we change google Hangouts so when so a viewer leaves there's a slamming door sound <laughs> like a like <laughs>
0: footstop go. slam i like that, I like that. A lot of care. Nintendo will unveil their next be- bit of hardware next spring with a probable release date of Christmas 2015. It'll be a non-wearable device designed to increase users' quality of life and will be the start of Nintendo's 10-year plan to develop healthy lifestyle devices and software.
1: Did you did you see anything about this yourself, or is this first no, time hearing about this? No, this is the
0: first time I'm hearing about this. Yeah, so uh, uh, so
1: they had an investor meeting this week where they pretty much had to go up to investors and explain why uh, the 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 Wii U sold so terribly at Christmas, and instead of talking about the Wii U, they decided to f- deflect all that bad news by talking about the future, and so in talking, with the, yeah, they they just said that we're coming up with this new thing, it's a new piece of hardware. That's uh, Nintendo's going to try to get into the not not healthcare industry, but it sounds like they're c- going to try to turn stuff like Wii fits hmm. and the Brain Age training thing into a whole series of. They said specifically they want to start out with uh, healthy lifestyle uh, hardware and software stuff. No one knows what this means. Is it going to be like mm-hmm. a DS that like like has a pedometer built into it or something like that, or like m- monitors your health rate? They were very specific in saying that whatever it is that they're going to come out in a year and a half is not going to be wearable, because uh, I think I think they really just uh, were very specific about that because they didn't want to think anyone to think it was going to be like a Google Google Glass like eyepiece or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's going to. It sounds like it's going to be some kind of portable pocket device. But yeah, supposed to be supposedly make you a healthier person. Hmm. And uh, well, the and and as an attachment for the original Wii, they had announced the Wii vitality sensor, which was something that you could yeah. put on your finger that would take your heartbeat. But they said they didn't come out. With, they didn't actually put that out to market because it uh, like ten percent of the people are too fat that it couldn't read their their blood pressure through their finger. And so they didn't want to put out something yeah. that only works so ninety percent of the people could buy it. Uh, so, yeah, who knows uh, what that is. But, yeah, uh, and the other thing is that Nintendo's talking about how this is going to be part of their 10-year plan to start shifting towards producing stuff like this rather than just purely video game stuff, which is not a bad idea. Interesting. Because um, they were talking about how they might end up releasing stuff like this for, like, cooking and other kind of lifestyle stuff. Hmm. Maybe Eric Moen can work on them with, like, sex, t- <laughs> sex software or something like uh... that. But, yeah, no one knows what this means. And they're calling this a uh, Third Pillar. Which is how they described the Nintendo DS when they first unveiled that. Because the DS was such a weird idea where they're like... They, they already had the Game Boy Advance, and they had the GameCube. And they're like, we already have a, a home console, and we have already have a gaming portable that we're not getting rid of. This thing is not designed to replace those things. But when they came out with the DS, well, But we do have this new portable that has two screens on it. It's, it's a touchscreen. It's kind of weird. But we think all this stuff could go coexist. Of course, when the DS took off, they shoved... The GameCube and the Game Boy Advance in the closet as soon as possible, and then came out the Wii. That was kind of designed around kind of like this more simplistic motion control stuff that kind of like was inspired right. by DS to begin with. And so, if this with whatever this device that they're thinking about takes off, this could be Nintendo turning the corner towards a whole new uh, phase for the company where they're no longer that focused on Mario and Zelda and stuff anymore and instead are just like essentially just making, taking all of their knowledge about making software appealing and stuff for people, but putting it towards like healthy lifestyle
0: stuff rather than than things as we know it. You could argue that that gives them a broader market and more opportunity for success. Yeah. It seems kind of like what they're doing. It's, it's it's almost like they're following
1: the same formula, kind of like what I was talking about, how, um, how they came up with the wii where they, they got their asses kicked with the n64 and the gamecube and they decided okay with the wii we' instead of just targeting gamers again we're just gonna try to target a broad market we're gonna target moms and right. old people with the wii this sounds like again instead of where, where they're they're they're, they're kind of There's the funny thing in all this stuff they they didn't say anything about anything about the wii U all this was like all this yeah, stuff oh, got, seriously which kind of shows you like Wii U is practically dead. They got a couple yeah. more games coming out for that thing. But uh, but yeah, no, this... Them's kind of saying, yeah, this is... They're going to try to pull a Wii again. They didn't specifically say this, but this is obviously... They're they're going to say, okay... But this is even more ambitious than the Wii, because we still play video games. Wii Sports are still video game. Granted, it was healthy stuff, because it, it was so designed to get you up off the couch and like actually moving around the living room. But I don't know. This is kind of an interesting thing for... Uh, the industry's Ooh. oldest uh, still existing hardware publisher to come out and say, yeah. hey, you know what? Maybe our future isn't so much in traditional video games anymore. Actually, come out and say that, um, which makes sense because they're, they're, they're obviously doing terrible going to again uh, against Sony and Microsoft again. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, <laughs> but yeah. So people joked about it being called a water care. Right. Right.
0: What else? Right, right. What else? All right. Xbox One, quote-unquote, leak on Neogaf. Halo 2 remake slash Forza Horizon sequel. I almost called that Forza Horizon, by the way. (laughs) Um, A white one-terabyte console without a disk drive this fall. A special Titanfall bundle in March and Fable Legends in summer 2015.
1: Any of of that stuff sounds interesting to you? Nope. (laughs) So I guess uh, Titanfall, uh, that's a game that comes out in a month. Yeah, I
0: keep forgetting that's coming
1: out. Yeah, and uh, I guess they're coming out with a special edition, with, which comes with a giant Titanfall like statue. Yeah, and the box for that is big enough. Somebody uh, from Microsoft posted a picture of this week with his wife in the box.
0: Oh, seriously? Like,
1: she's all scrunched up, you know? It's not like she's in there drinking coffee, reading the paper, or anything like wow. that. Wow. Which is funny, because I saw a lot of people going, oh, yeah, I gotta get me one of those special editions. Just because the sheer size of the box, not because of what was in it, but it was like, oh, man, I gotta track down a special edition pre-order for that now. It's That's like, too funny. like, what big of a statue do you really need? Um, I don't know if it's this... I, I, that may be the statue that lights up and shit, but... I don't know but yeah no interesting that they're like well and to lead credence to this leak uh, Microsoft said that they were uh, thinking about taking legal action against this person who leaked this stuff which really kind of makes it sound like all this shit may be actually legit and not just some kind of random person on the UF making up shit interesting but yeah, so we're not getting any more Fable until uh, next year at the earliest, and yeah, I really like the idea of Halo Two getting remade this year because Halo Two is fucking fantastic, and especially if it was multiplayer stuff. That that that's, I mean, that I mean that's an easy thing for Microsoft to uh, to put out that would help uh, flesh yeah. out its its software lineup just because you know it's the remake of an old game, but it's a fucking beloved. Yeah. Uh, game and it's actually one of the first games that, that a lot of people played on Xbox Live. Yeah. And in a year where Xbox Live is having a hard time justifying why it exists, at least Xbox exactly. Gold.
0: Yeah.
1: That c- kind of bringing up Halo Two multiplayer again is a little, at least it's a nice nostalgia branding hit for. Totally. Off Xbox Live. Um, yeah, Forza Horizon was actually one of the best racing games I've played in years. It's um, the original Forza Horizon for the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty that came out last year our year before last it was an arcade racer it wasn't like the simulation for uh-huh. games but it was like uh, yeah just like get in a car and go off and drive and a big open world too that was the best part you were not just racing on individual tracks but there were also uh, other people in the environment that you could race against like other oh, yeah? players and so it was kind of a nice it was just, just a nice world to run around in uh, yeah. open world racing game that's a great idea and so if they're coming out with another one of those for uh, xbox one this year that's
0: great but yeah, we're kind thing... of intrigued about Fable Legends, but that is like the only Xbox exclusive, or Xbox One exclusive, I should say, yeah. that I'm even vaguely interested in, and not enough to buy an Xbox One.
1: Uh, you're, would you not be tempted by a white one terabyte console without a disk drive? Not so much. Yeah. that's That sounds weird that they were so quickly. I wonder if. A console without a disk drive would be their way of driving down the price. Instead of getting rid of Kinect, this is going to be their $400 bundle that would compete directly with the uh, PlayStation 4. Hmm. But by taking features out of the box to make it yeah. cheaper, so that just makes the PlayStation 4 seem that much appealing when they can say, well, not only do you pay the same amount of, the same price, but you also get a goddamn
0: Blu-ray player with this thing. And also you can actually buy used games. Yeah. Because like so, by not having a disc, that means well, there goes used games.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, well, you know, still remains to see. Well, the interesting thing about the Titanfall stuff, especially the the special Titanfall bundle that comes with a special Titanfall branded console, uh, that actually came with artwork that looked like an actual finished design of what that console and even what the box is going to look like
0: looked actually looked pretty cool. Hmm. And uh, that yeah that that. Actually kinda looks kinda nice. Man, but. I'm still so mad at myself for canceling my special edition of Last of Us. The other day I was uh uh looking on eBay for the statue for the Joel and Ellie statue, and I found it uh, for like four hundred and fifty dollars. How much was it? Like, it was like hundred and twenty bucks.
1: And oh, I probably should have gone order. for it, yeah. It was limited edition.
0: I was having a panic attack because work was tricky and I'm like, I'm gonna lose my job job, so I canceled my pre-order. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Did, did, what, did, you, did, did you like go
1: out to Fred Myers and pick up like Last of Us at the store or something? No, I wound up getting it just the regular edition on Amazon. Oh, that sucks, because that's that's yeah. Right. Well, that's the one thing where this Bravely Default game is coming out for the 3DS. And uh, like it was first announced like a year ago. I placed a pre-order for Amazon. And I was like, do I even really want to spend an extra 20 bucks on this pre-order? Especially for this game that I'm kind of like, it sounds kind of interesting, but I wasn't quite sure how good the reviews would be. But turns out the uh, special edition that I have pre-ordered from Amazon is now so rare and expensive, like people are like putting it up on eBay for like like two hundred bucks and stuff. Hmm. So even from that perspective, I'm like, maybe I should hang on to that pre-order for the special edition. Uh, maybe that was spending that extra twenty bucks it may not be a bad idea. Not that I'd flip it immediately or anything like that, but like that actually seems kind of like a legitimate gaming collectible a little bit now.
0: Not that yeah, I care I about you, it, you know.
1: Me and my gaming collection. Blah, 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 blah.
0: See, I just really want to have the Joel and Ellie statue. Full stop. Because I'm uh, Joel
1: and Ellie. Is it too late to ask somebody to sculpt you a a, a custom Joel and Ellie statue uh, in time for tomorrow? <laughs> now, on the podcast. You know, let's let's give a shot. Hey everybody, you have 24 hours to. Annie, okay, um... you gotta you got you gotta go to eBay, find the Joel and Ellie custom st- uh, statue and at least uh, put it on your Amazon.com wishlist. <laughs> Do that thing where you can, like, add things from like on your wishlist from other sites. There Just so go. people know. Come on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, was there anything else special about The Last of, it, uh, Last of Us Special Edition, aside from that? It wasn't, like,
0: any content or anything? That was the big stuff. I think they gave you, like, some skin—like, some multiplayer stuff. But... The Tomb Raider game that you're playing, does that come with the Aviatrix outfit unlocked from the beginning? It comes with all the DLC, so all of the alternate outfits. We actually have her right now in a really in in what they call the mountaineer outfit, and I'm sure it's alluding to something in particular, but it's so much more practical. Like it's like a a, like a a vest, like a polar vest and like long shirt and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, this is practical. No, I don't worry so much about her being dying of exposure. Yeah. No, especially she spends all
1: game in the rain with like a little tank top. And, like, she's using, co- like, a co- half a coconut for a bra and no <laughs> pants really, on.
0: It's so much more practical in design that I'm like, oh, I'm glad we have able to play it like well, this, but I wish that could just be her default outfit. Well, even
1: playing the original game, I played the whole game in Aviatrix mode, because it, yeah. it, it dressed like female Indiana Jones made a lot more sense than how she was dressed, you know, by default. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else?
0: What else? So, uh, let's see. Hold on, I clicked away from show notes. Um, Vita Slim announced for Europe, though not for America yet. Uh,
1: just I, I forgot that they had announced this in Japan a while ago. But yeah, it's it's just a uh, PlayStation Vita that's like like 15% slimmer, and like 20% lighter. I don't know if it's any cheaper doesn't it, though.
0: Doesn't it have? Is this? No wait, no. The new Vita model has the um, a not there's the good screen and stuff. Oh, it has a better screen. No, the old Vita had a better screen. They downgraded. Oh, is the that, screen Oh, I didn't to, even hear about that. To uh, to make
1: it more affordable. The only thing I heard about like aside from like the the weights and size of it was that the new Vita comes with it charges through a basic mini USB cable, doesn't have a proprietary God damn.
0: I wish mine did that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had to like fl- go looking for uh... Oh, this is, I did buy a game this week. I didn't have a chance to play it. Last night I downloaded Final Fantasy 9. On uh, PlayStation Vita, because the uh, Square Enix is having a big uh, PlayStation One sale right now. Uh, Vagrant Story is free. Oh, it is. Yeah. Shit. <clears throat> Gotta go get that. Gotta get you that. You already bought it. I am joking about that because I was on my Vita. I was looking at my friends' feed, like my friends' activity feed. According to my Vita, it says that you bought Vagrant Story for five bucks like two weeks ago.
0: Did I? And I just forgot about it.
1: Yeah, welcome to the life of being a video game player <laughs> in 2014
0: where it's like, did I buy a I bought that game already. Maybe I did based on Jacob's recommendation.
1: Or something like that because, yeah, I, I've always heard good things about uh, Vagrant Story 2. I, I don't think that part of I played it back the in the day.
0: Yeah, well, but, see, I
1: never played yeah. it back in the day, but I've always heard Well, it's 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 a game by the same guy who did Final Fantasy XII, and I know people say like Vagrant Story is one of the classic hidden gems of the PlayStation era.
0: I play, I rented it from Blockbuster back in the day. Oh, so you were old school. Yeah, okay. Yeah, son. Shit, son. So you liked I, it? Uh, yeah, I liked it until I had to take back. i liked it for that weekend exactly um eve online's three hundred thousand dollar battle destroyed hundreds of ships one of the biggest fights in the game's decade plus history even more crazy the battle was a result of an unpaid bill to a computer-controlled police force designed to keep these kinds of fights from happening
1: that's fucking so i guess this battle took place in this region that is you can hire like an npc police force to protect certain regions of the world mm-hmm. and so because this i guess this faction in eve online they decided that they had hired this npc police force to protect this region to make it essentially so it can be a staging ground for this this fleet going from one place to the other yeah you know, essentially a way station where they can't be attacked Sure. I guess, yeah, something happened where they either forgot to make their payments to this in game police force or there was a problem with their most recent payment. So, the uh, police force was no longer protecting this way station where these characters have been hiding their ships. And suddenly, other characters found out about, like, they're here at this big way station full of, sh- like, ships not being protected. So, they sent all their dudes in there and just turned this big, fucking, massive clusterfuck battle.
0: Oh, I didn't know that's how it happened.
1: Because, and everyone's happened. laughing because it's because it's essentially an unpaid, essentially, utility bill. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> loud. This giant, like, thousands of starships blasted. They said it was like 3,000 players, yeah. something like 6,000 starships involved. Uh, so, yeah, and, yeah. Like, like
0: Bill mentioned, it, it resulted in the loss of 300,000 real-world dollars. Uh, and, yeah,
1: because with EVE Online, you pay for stuff with real money. And so, yeah, all the stuff that was yeah over a quarter million dollars worth. I've heard some estimates actually place the estimated damage to over half a million dollars. I just like, and I love news reports when stuff like this comes out from uh, Eve Online. I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but it would be worth having a, uh, like, a video game television channel, just to justify the occasional uh, news alerts yeah. of like, news alert, Eve Online battle taking place now off the coast of, you know, Horizon or something. It's just, I, I love the fact that Eve Online still exists, and it's just such a crazy source of ridiculous online game stuff you don't hear about these stories from anything else yeah like at least stories like this where it's just like real world money getting lost and and if it's not great giant space battles it's people trying to destroy the economy to achieve this one end and ah just that's one of the most interesting games i would like to try to play someday but it seems like one I of those. It's like you, a
0: spreadsheet,
1: dude. You would. It sounds like you would have to like enroll in a college course just to learn how to play it, before you can even learn how to enjoy it. Like you yeah. would actually have to take six months off from work to understand what's going on in that game. Yeah. Where you can even get a handle on what's going on in there. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's EVE Online. I love you.
0: Nuts! Uh, Bill points out that Irma Furzen is now the top-grossing <laughs> original animated movie of all time. Is that, adjusted, is that adjusted for inflation?
1: I do believe so. Actually, I'm going to look up top-grossing animated movies of all time and see what that list is. Because
0: it's hard to believe that it would beat, like, Toy Story and, like, even no. The Lion King. According That's to... adjusted for inflation?
1: Yeah, according to Wikipedia, Frozen is at number. I don't know. According to Wikipedia, Frozen's at number eight. Uh, beaten out this. I don't know. At least a, a Wikipedia's sources must not be. Uh, uh. Must not be adjusted for inflation, because according to this, Frozen is number eight, mm-hmm. uh, at $800 uh, dollars, beaten out by Ice Age, two and three. Shrek to Finding Nemo, which is an original movie. The Lion King, yeah. So that's that's. I think Toy Story three is at the is, is still the uh, highest grossing movie of all time.
0: I believe I, it without adjusting for inflation.
1: Yeah, maybe. and I think the Lion King. I I think the top three ranking movies now are Toy Story three, Frozen, and Lion King. But yeah, but no, that that's still pretty impressive. And it sounds like if the movie keeps on trucking, uh, I guess this weekend they just came out with the sing-along version of Frozen. I believe if it. Frozen keeps on trucking, especially if it wins any Oscars or anything like that. It's likely that this this will, this will just be flat out the the, the top grossing animated movie of all time. So.
0: Good on them! Good on them that it's a movie about broads and sisterhood. I still like oh, that. that it's a funny. I
1: was just it's watching. Cute. Yeah, just man, the, the sisters. Just the fact that it's a movie about sisters. It's cute. I like yeah, this It's movie. cute. It's funny. I like the snowman. It was.
0: It did. It hit all buttons that that sort of movie should hit. So
1: I have no bones or skull.
0: <laughs> Stepman Mike's car from Death Proof is not for grabs on eBay. What?
1: Annie, hate to break this to you, I think this might be uh, uh Folly's first gift to you today.
0: <laughs> it's only thirty nine thousand nine hundred dollars. Which, actually uh-huh. considering? How much did your car cost? Let's not talk about it. I'm going to email this to Bully <laughs> <Foley> right now. <laughs> uh, well, wait, Would she prefer Stumpman at Mike's
1: car or the uh, the car that the girls steal? She, let's be honest. She'd want to have
0: the car that Zoe Bell cl- cl- climbed all over. She doesn't want the car. She just wants the hood. <laughs> she just wants to smell it for a little while. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just hug it for five minutes.
0: But- yeah. Oh, Annie. Hey. Oh,
1: I need to show you an animated gif of this bear putting this guy's uh, uh, head in his mouth. It's supposed to be. It's, a, it's supposed to be a bear kiss.
0: You should email it to me, actually.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: Uh, let's see. Cinefex's entire back catalog is now available on the iTunes App Store for five dollars an issue.
1: Yeah, Cinefex being the uh, world's oldest special effects uh, movie magazine. Uh, They've been around since the mid-70s. They've covered everything from Star Wars to, you know, fucking The Matrix. Uh, Yeah, and uh, they had a big Kickstarter last fall where they were uh, trying to digitize and uh, digitally publish their entire back catalog which is hundreds of issues of their magazine. Uh, Which is no small feat because those are big issues of those magazines. They're very, very technical and in-depth. And uh, it was a very small team of a couple people just going back and essentially tearing apart issues of that magazine. And just scanning them all in, and just photoshopping them, and essentially reassembling digital versions of that magazine. They're they're finally done, and now, yeah, five bucks a piece on on iTunes App Store. Just look up SynFX. Effects. So if you want ever, if you ever wanted to see how the special effects for everything from Star Wars to Ghostbusters to Gremlins to uh, it, Gravity, their latest issue is about Gravity. It's it, it's all in there. It's it's a great magazine.
0: Yeah. Uh... Have you not seen Gravity? No. It's terrible. I've been having, like, kind of a panic attack, nervous breakdown for the last 9 to 12 months. I'm not going to fucking watch, Grab, But it's empowering. Uh Uh-huh. Everyone that I know has described that movie as the closest they have ever seen to an anxiety attack put to film.
1: It is kind of fucked up. Oh, there are parts of it I can't watch where I'm like... Think if gonna...
0: Bill Mudrin can't watch it, then I should not watch it in my delicate mental state. There's a part where Sandra Bullock, uh,
1: her spacesuit runs out of juice, like like jet juice, so she can't propel herself, so she ends up being forced to vomit inside of her own hom- helmet to create the force that propels her to the Chinese space station. It's fucked up. And she's forced to feed herself food to stop, fill up her stomach stop.
0: Enough. Do you ever see Stand by Me in the in the no. pi, in, in the pie eating contest? Studio Ghibli is working on an <laughs> animated TV show set to debut in Japan in August.
1: Uh, what they're doing? They're working with who's the guy who made the animated movie about uh, My So-Called Life, Waking Life? You know, where it's all traced and stuff. No, I remember that. So they're going back. They're tracing episodes of Cops. I was wondering
0: where that joke was going. All I right. don't know why cops, especially cops, uh, Albuquerque. They're a Only whole season. Uh, all the cops are dust mites, or like the dust sprites. Yeah, there's gonna be like some weird fantastical stuff, like instead of guns.
1: <laughs> um, the, the, the cops are now armed with uh, Japanese gods, shaped uh-huh. like snakes.
0: The police the- chief is now a randomly giant-nosed old woman. Yeah. <laughs> we should actually commission them to do this. Ah,
1: uh, no. So yeah. Uh, well, I guess Studio Ghibli is doing animation for uh, something called Ranja, the Robber's Daughter, which is uh a, Yeah, it's gonna be uh, an, an, an it's gonna be a show that debuts in Japan in August. It's a story of a little girl, the daughter of a of a colorful robber chieftain who lives in a castle high on a rock on a in a dark pine forest. She gets to know the creatures of the forest, and meets other co- kids like herself, and questions her father's life of robbery. So this essentially if you ever see the episode of The Simpsons where uh Maggie or uh No, it's not Maggie. Lisa gets really worried about Homer stealing cable so he can watch the Super Bowl. Mm mm. It sounds like it's going to be that, but a TV series.
0: All right, fair enough. All right. <laughs> the end. The end. Martin Scorsese's next movie will be about two Portuguese Jesuit priests enduring persecution while trying to bring Christianity to 17th century Japan. It will star Spider Man, Razal Ghoul, and fake Razal Ghoul. This is
1: this is another step towards my theory that in ten years you will be able to describe the any 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 member of any cast member of any major motion picture just by their the names of whatever uh, superhero movie they were.
0: So okay, Spider Man, I got Spider Man. Razakul was yeah, the yeah, and fake Razagul was the chick from the most recent Batman
1: movie. No, I got confused about that too. Actually, I forgot. No, the, who's the who's the uh, Japanese guy, Ken Watanabe?
0: Yeah.
1: From uh, Inception.
0: Holies. I guess he pretended, he
1: pretended to be Ra's al Ghul in the first Batman movie. And so it's going to be, yeah, Ken Watanabe, mm. uh, Liam Neeson, mm. which is weird. Hold because on. I'm thinking about Kenny. He's good. Hey Have you girl. ever seen the movie Tempopo, which is like no. an old Japanese movie from the mid-80s about how awesome ramen is? <laughs> no. It's no, people have described it. It's a ramen western. Really? Yeah, and and actually that that was his first movie when he was like hot 17. Really? Mm.
0: Yeah. Oh, I should let you I have a copy of that. I should let you borrow that cuz it's yeah. I mostly like him as a grizzled older man. Is he even what? marginally grizzled or is he all baby-faced? He's in a weird pink
1: ballerina outfit cuz it's Japan in the mid-80s and <laughs> they just do, did weird shit like that. He fights a clown. Uh, No, he doesn't.
0: Pass. (laughs) Tex Avery's hometown of Taylor, Texas, half an hour outside of Austin, has declared February 22, 2014, to be Tex Avery Day. They'll be showing his cartoons and unveiling a memorial. Sadly, the memorial will be a plaque and not a life-size horny wolf statue.
1: Which... You have to admit, a big bronze horny wolf statue would be A big fantastic.
0: bronze statue of that
1: wolf just Auga. would have been Well, so imagine the photos you could take of your girlfriend standing in front of the statue and having the statue kind of like essentially ogle your girlfriend or your, wolf, yeah. or your mom or whoever the hell you want. That'd be very cute. Yeah. Uh, what is I'm saying? I'm going to offer to Taylor, Texas my sculpting services <laughs> as... Oh, come on, that'd be great.
0: That would be pretty um, fantastic. I'm with you, dude. Man, nothing makes me sadder than 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 like a government body just deciding that a particular day in a particular year yeah, is in honor kind of, of something. The one day, and that's it. It's like, okay,
1: yeah. well, hmm. it's not
0: an annual thing.
1: It's not. Nope. At that this point, thing. you might as well just say like this hour of this one yeah. day is like whatever. Well, if, if everyone wants to think about like you miss Tex Avery second. Move on. All right. Although it's kind of rare. I mean, Tex Avery's been dead for like 40 years. It's yeah. kind of surprising that he's getting any kind of recognition now because. Yeah. Oh, man. Tex Avery.
0: You're good times. This is good shit. Good shit, my friend. A lot of All horny right. wolves, a lot of sexy ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. I loved how Tex Avery he drew this one, like, buck tooth, unattractive, like, hillseed woman. Yeah. It was so good that I, I could. Be- <laughs> Just thinking about it, so good. Do you want to be grand marshal of that uh, that parade then? I would be dressed like like that buck tooth woman. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) glory. Um... uh just like a shitty gingham like like red gingham uh halter shirt and like that's making me think of witch hazel from the warner brothers cartoons
1: and how (laughs) like when she would run she would be ugly and then like her hair pants would fly in air wasn't there an episode somebody on twitter this week was complaining about how freaked out they were there's an episode where witch hazel hazel turns sexy yes i must have missed that episode
0: I guarantee you if you Google Sexy Witch Hazel, you'll oh, find Oh, God. That, I don't even know if I can bring myself up. <laughs> Arthur, there... did you play
1: the Banjo-Kazooie games? No. There was something about it. I thought the witch in that kind of like stole people's youth and made herself sexy, but it was like, you know, political, political like Nintendo 64 sexy, like, triangle tits. I remember being thoroughly disturbed by that, and I was like 25 <laughs> when I played that, and I'm like, no, I just... This game, you English motherfuckers, get the fuck out of my house. Ugh.
0: The, so, the Devil May Cry game, the Ninja Theory who did it is is British, right? They're yeah. in England. And it's great, because some of the... they're But they're trying to do kind of that kind of Japanese game writing sort of stuff, but through oh, yeah, this yeah. British lens. So good. There was this one cut scene where... Uh, Dante is fighting a succubus and uh, just imagine the slurm plotline from Futurama. And that's essentially what the succubus is involved in. And uh, at some point he's fighting the succubus and trying to prevent him from creating this gross slurry soda that's controlling the populace. And uh, he just looks at the succubus, just looks at him and goes, fuck you. And Dante goes, no, fuck you. And this succubus goes, fuck you. <laughs> <and kills him. laughs> It seems like amazing. It's, that it's, seems like a potentially fun game to play. I don't it's know. So it's so bad. It knows how bad it is and it owns it. And man, the visuals uh. and stuff. Okay, I'm going to talk about Devil May Cry for just a second. There's a scene where you meet Virgil, and Virgil is uh, laying some exposition down on you, and they're walking through this playground that's in this like in this urban this broken urban area and it's like basically in an alley and it's lined by all these walls and as Virgil is laying down this exposition on you on what has happened the graffiti on the walls around you is this really nicely rendered graffiti really stylized and all of it uniquely stylized is illustrating the story that he's telling you and it's Hmm. really really beautiful and really well done and it's in the middle of this terrible video game (laughs) Terrible. Welcome to the Hi. world of video games
1: with flashes of uh, inspired design. Yep. Kind of buried under like redundant bullshit.
0: Yep. Like I've said time and again, my favorite set, my favorite final set piece in any video game is buried at the end of the Saboteur, where no one will see it. <laughs> uh, anyway, our last. We week... do not want the Lutest twins to show up for dinner. No. Do you think are no obnoxious as balls? That's true. Yeah. Especially no, if
1: they've already been to that dinner before and they all you want to talk yeah. about is predicting about what you're about to eat.
0: Exactly. Oh, would you, okay. would you continue to pass me the potatoes? Like, I'm of, oh, of course, you would still choose those beans. <laughs> uh, Arthur Rankin Jr., the Rankin half of animation duo Rankin Bass, died Thursday morning at his home in Bermuda.
1: Yeah fuck that guy he died in his his home in bermuda
0: i was kind of sad
1: at first i'm like that guy died in the caribbean islands fuck that guy yeah. but that is a shame uh, i was hoping he was going to make his comeback as a 94 year old retiree when he was going to animate the 3d frank and bass blah i don't know yeah um i always kind of wish they i always thought it was weird that they rank and bass had such a they were so prolific for about 10 years, from the yeah. mid-60s to the mid-70s. And that was kind of it. Like they, I guess, I guess there's so, so many holidays you can do specials for. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess they tried to branch out with, like, Lord of the Rings and stuff. And I guess that stuff wasn't that popular. I wonder if, like, Lord of the Rings kind of bankrupted them. Cause that was kind of like their last Big Bang. They did stuff later, yeah. but it was never, like, on that scale of yeah. production or anything, Yeah. You know? But, yeah, so, yeah, uh, Rankin-Bass co-writer, co-director, co-everything of everything from Frosty the Snowman to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to Mad Monster Party to pretty much every classic stop-motion animated uh, thing you've ever seen or heard of from the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Twas the Night Before Christmas, which I was probably railing about just this last Christmas. Yes, you were. Yeah. Lots of great designs by Paul Cocker. And man, I can't believe, I mean, you know what, the terrible thing was when he uh, the word came across the wire that he died uh, in the last year or two, I, I just assumed he was dead because he was old yeah. when he made those things. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh,
0: time passes. Speaking of time passing, that's right, everybody. Tomorrow's National Annie Day. Celebrate Whoa. it um, uh, as you see fit. Um, I recommend highly showering me with gifts. And just get thrown out there. Uh, but this was, of course, the Boy Howdy Podcast. Uh, you can visit us at com, at Boy howdy podcast on the Twitters, um, howdy at com. You can send us emails if you're inclined. And otherwise, we'll be back with y'all next week. Uh, next time we speak, not only will I be 30 years old, I will be freshly tattooed. Oh, when are you going in for the tattoo? Friday. Friday. Oh, that's why right.
1: You're not getting it done tomorrow. It's going to be later on next week. I was hoping yeah. you'd have the tattoo in time for the movie showing.
0: No, my uh, my wife wants to be there with me, and I couldn't get an appointment with the tattoos. Also, It'll I know I didn't... it your day I off didn't... and everything,
1: too. Yeah, you, can, and I also you get drunk beforehand.
0: I didn't want to be, like, all in pain and pathetic on my birthday. So, yeah. All right, friends. We will talk to y'all next don't... week. Oh, okay. You Bye. can finish your thought.
1: You can finish class. I, I was gonna say now. Now that you said that out loud, you're probably gonna stub your toe and still be in pain tomorrow. Or something's gonna happen. Yup, of course. I broke a bowl this week and stepped on the shards while trying to clean it up, and I've been Aww. in pain. This, you know what that taught me? If you break a bowl, don't clean it up. Just let someone else tend to it. <laughs> because that's God telling you, say, stay away from this spot on earth. <laughs> That's it. So, Bill, instead of salting the earth, you just <laughs> break bowls on and call Technically, it. Technically, I, I, uh, Italian dressing does that earth. I would made a salad and then dropped the bowl.
0: <laughs> oh, bless you, Billy. All right, friends, we'll talk to y'all next week.
1: Take care, guys.
0: Pour the milk in the bowl. Make sure the
3: sides cold. Hold my hand on the top so it won't overflow. Forget playing outside with my friends from school. It's Saturday morning, fool. But you know it ain't cool? Waking up first. Cause all that bee on the tube. that's the snorts Murphs, kissy first strawberry shortcake or worse But coming up next was my boy Johnny Quest Sim Sim Solomon Fat album was the best the Brown hornet picture pages made me want to write graffiti I had to do it when Davy and Goliath couldn't see me Always trying to do right they be hanging out with Dudley But I watched Rikey Rice's rumors for my dog Mutley You know what really bugged me? The what? Man, they've been the Transformers, mm-hmm.
2: and that's a well-known fact, but After these messages will be right I love cereal when I'm watching my cartoons I love to eat Frosted Flakes when I'm watching my cartoons I love to eat alphabets when I'm watching my cartoons I love to I love keep vitamins when I'm watching my cartoons Remember Teen Wolf tried to go vegetarian Told Thundar he was a sick barbarian
3: For eating tiger sharks with his Ninja Turtle suit Because of that the Herculoids had to kick him off the group Yo we used to be drama on the after school scene Tiny Toons started beeping with Beverly Hills team But the get along gang would come through and make amends And by the end of the week they were all super friends But G.I. Joe would get him riled up again Guns out looking for weapons of mass destruction Harassing Silver Hawks for little or nothing Of course the care wouldn't have the heart to do something I call Voltron on these inhumanoids Listen, Ceperions wouldn't let the Joes be destroyed You know, even in cartoons Americana can't be taxed, but at least you know now And huh. no one's out to battle I love to eat cereal when I'm watching my cartoons
2: I love to eat honeycomb's when I'm watching my cartoons I love to eat cookie crisps when I'm watching my cartoons
3: when i'm watching my cartoons now right before we go i think you got the right to know about shira on the low she was a thundercat hoe orco tried to cover up and say she got a man but he lied it was really one of jim's holograms after that i got nosey went around the back and found out Josie selling pussy to cats 3-2-1 3 2 one for a little contact Because Hong Kong we had the illest pimp slap Her sweet Jabba Jaws went to the highest bid But what made it worse is she incorporated kids So Marshall Star came through with Captain Power And vowed the G-Force would shut him down within the hour Until pippendale and, and the Rescue Rangers Came through to say them hoes with a mouse named Danger To make things stranger, she still gets a hoe on. Let a hoe be a hoe, and that's one to grow on uh, It's surreal Watching my cartoons, I
2: love Crushberry when I'm watching my cartoons, I love Rice when I'm watching my cartoons, I love to eat golden Grabs when I'm watching my cartoons, I love to eat apple Jacks when I'm watching my cartoons, I love to eat Cheerios when I'm watching my cartoons. Love to eat tricks when I'm watching my cartoons. Ooh, I like Captain Crunch when I'm watching my cartoons. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And you know I can't live without my cereal. (laughs) (laughs) And you know I can't live without my cereal.